This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, quite literally tonight, and powered by Celery. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, and uh, I am joined by the... Uh, he's, as, he's as effervescent as my Nitro Surge pint of Guinness, Mr. Jonathan oh, Kidd. Chidge, I, I, you read my mind. I was about to say, will he say effervescent? If you were dressed all did. in black, you would look like a pint of Guinness right now, because you've got a white wall as your background. I have, it looks I like have. he's doing his best George Michael impression. It does, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. There is a little little hole in the cubicle next to me. Yeah. Are you are you in a bog, mate? Yeah, exactly. It looks like it, doesn't it? I know. Are you are you cottaging or what? I know. I know you like yeah. going to see Fulham occasionally, but that's taken it a I bit do. too I've got far. Some mate. Nice Fulham mates, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 and they're they're innocuous, aren't they? Because they're still not really quite as good as we are, despite mm. the fact that we're pretty shit. Um, I'd love you to be on the show, Chidge. Lovely I've to missed- see you. I've missed you. How long has it been? Three days. Three days. <laughs> How have I managed? How on earth have I managed? I have no idea. Oh, I haven't managed. <laughs> so no, no one else on the show tonight, just you and me. Yeah, that's right. Nobody of consequence, obviously. No, we've got two. We've not listened. Man, come on. You should be as excited as I am. Not one member of the fan cast family, but the return no, 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 don't give it away. Well, I'm not going to give it away, but we have the return of another member of the Fancast family we haven't seen for ages. And these two are almost like the perfect couple. Certainly oh. certainly in one of their heads, anyway. Mm. I'm saying no more. You're giving an enormous amount away. I'm teasing it, mate. I'm fluffing it for you. You're fluffing it, but has it has it got any tumescence as a consequence? I, well, you better be the judge of that, mate. Oh, OK. <laughs> At the moment, it's a semi, unfortunately. <laughs> Oh well, I was just up keeping it at the same tone that I thought it was going to be, but you know, one of them's mm. apoplectic fit here. Mm. Am I saying that? Okay, all right, here we go. I'll say who it is. You know who it is, everybody. We advertised it at the beginning of the week. It is, of course, uh, les copains du smut. It is, of course, <laughs> give them their their French uh, their French name. 
um uh, uh what's smut in french um mauvais mauvais sex no what would it be no anyway um uh yes it is of course the smut buddies it is of course uh Alex and Tony, who haven't been on the show for far too long. Why oh, not? We? Why? We have because missed you. We've missed the electricity. We've missed the because, vibe. Because Alex is a jet-setting... Yes, she she's, she's jetting around the world. She's yes. she's yes. living that, that carefree life of, of idle wealth. And, yes. And, <laughs> and she's on the television. Yes, she's on everything. Uh, yes. And I, I, I have to keep taking a screenshots star, of my television. And yeah, yes. to build up my little collection of secret photos of her and everything like that. You know, so, I mean, while us mere mortals that, are stuck in Blighty. Stuck, yeah. they're stuck together, did you say what? Yeah, that, well, it, we'll talk about that later, Jackie. Okay. Right. I've yeah. literally yeah. just eaten two bags of diet hula hoops for dinner. That's jet setting for you. That's yeah. <laughs> That's good. Apparently, le charbon du bleu is smart in French. Well, there we is go. It? Yeah, I, I feel enriched by knowing that, Alex. Um, yeah. I mean, Tony, as always, lovely to see you. We've seen you quite recently. We love having you on the show, as always. But uh, I've got to say, Alex, it's so lovely to see you. We haven't yes. seen you for ages and ages and ages. And I know, I know half of what they said is true, that you've become a, a world-renowned historian superstar. But... Um, We've missed you, man. We've really missed you. It's lovely to have you back. I'm coming out of a book coma, dude, to get my life back when this thing gets handed in in a couple of days so I can stop living in two months of 1914 and thinking about nothing else. But, yeah, there's like a last week when you're handing a book in. I have a co-author this time with Nikolai, um, and we basically ring each other five times a day at the moment just to tell each other we hate each other and we wish we'd never met the other one um, and then laugh and hang up. Like, that's where we're at. We're you know, cutting the last few words. You, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I did um, that kind of Chelsea fancast Twitter eleven or X eleven. Should have called them X yes. offenders. It would have been more appropriate. <laughs> but um, and of course, Except you are most are still offending. You were on that because you are, you are, I believe, the right back, uh, whereas Tony is the uh, centre right back. So I, I, thought I thought I'd have you, you know, close to each other. You, you were beginning to be a bit like Lavia. You know, do, do you really exist? We got you got injured and never to be seen again. You know, so out really... of action more than Reese James. Well, lately. I was going to say it's lovely to have you on. Uh, we're going to be hearing a lot more from Alex in a minute. Actually, I should tell you now we're going to it's a three parter tonight, and uh, for the first part, we're actually going to be talking all about the Chelsea Fancast World War One Battlefield Tour, which is organised by Alex, me and Tony going, and uh, I thought who better to have on the show to tell us all about that. Uh, and then we're going to have the lovely David Walker from Red But Never Red uh, on the show. He's a big Man City fan. Uh, we love him, even though he's a Man City fan. And then in part three, we're going to preview the Man City match, obviously. Uh, yeah. But uh, there we go. As ever, do not forget, you can listen to the show live. Live! <laughs> okay. Every Monday and Friday at 7.30pm-ish by going to Mixler, which, of course, is Chelsea Fancast. Sorry, chelsea-fancast.mixler.com, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. And you can also follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. Listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple, and all good podcast platforms. And make sure you leave us a glowing five-star review, specifically because we are not produced by Spurs fans. There is no Spurs at all anywhere near the Chelsea fan, because I just thought I'd let you know that. Um, anyway, uh, right. The, the other thing, of course, I, I mentioned Mixler, which is a, a jolly fine group of people. 
uh, most of whom are Patreons of the or patrons of the Chelsea fancast, um, which is lovely. Uh, now, if you want to be a Chelsea fancast patron, which basically revolves around bunging us a few shekels every month, really, um, you do get something in return. You get a mini Kerry Dixon banner if you want one, and of course, you get to join our Discord group. Which is great fun, actually. It's like 24-7 Mixler, which is why I kind of mention it after the Mixler, really. Um, and I have great news. I, I, I can prove it to this lot if they bear with me. <clears throat> oh, I'm about to get... Bearing, bearing, yeah, bearing. I I, I'm getting caught up Filling the radio silence with I, bearing. Wrap my headphone cable. <laughs> bearing. I managed to wrap my headphone cable around the chair and nearly fell Easily over. Easily done. Right, Easily. What, what, what is in here? Can you see what's in here? Can you see that? Yeah. Round paper bags. That looks like a hideous post run to me. Yeah, it's lots of brown jiffy bags. Right. Have you turned into a football manager then? I have. I am George Graham and you can't stick me up your ass. No, I, that is a big carrier bag full, and I mean full, of Kerry Dixon mini banners about to go out to people who uh, live in our Patreon world uh, and they've been waiting ridiculously patiently but I can confirm that they will be going into the post this weekend. So there we go. What else is on your list? Uh, StreamYard and YouTube for JK. I might even do that tonight. You know, this is my last day off of my week off, and I still haven't done it. I have literally, JK, I've been shoveling shit all week. I've been composting my allotment. So oh. I have. I've done a good job too, but uh, I will try and do I will definitely do it. I, I, I will do it before I see you next. Otherwise, I will be in big trouble, right? I may not see you till next year. Why? Where are you going? No, physically, I mean. Is that what you mean? No, no. Uh, I'm at Leeds match, next home match, isn't it? Oh, we could bump into each other, we couldn't could, we? We could. We could. Use that as the target then. No, no, I, I'm going to do it this weekend. Otherwise, I'm, I'm just going to feel such a Gareth anyway. So look, Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. You do get a banner eventually. You do get to join the Discord group if you let me know and I'll send you the link. So there we go. Right. On with the show. Now, um, those of you who listen to this show regularly, as I hope you all do, um, will know that uh, A... We've been blathering on about this Chelsea fancast World War One Battlefield tour. And B, that uh, me and Tony uh, went on it. And I was trying to figure out when it was, actually. And, uh, 2019, wasn't it? Well, exactly that, Tony. Um, because basically I was looking for some photographs. Because I was going to, uh, you know, we've been putting lots of stuff on, on social media recently. Alex has had this brilliant flyer designed, as she does. Yeah. Um, great, great images. They're lovely, aren't they? Anyway, I thought, oh, I know, I'll add a few photographs to some of the tweets, which I still will. And I was looking through my photograph because I never organise stuff. And anyway, it was it was July 2019. I was just thinking, mm. Christ on a bike, that was like before the world went mad. And it was. Of, yeah. And some of the people on the tour as well. Well, mm. yes, indeed. Well, in fact, <laughs> actually, do you know, you know what I will I do? know where you're coming from, I, Alex. I, yeah, yeah. I, am, I will play this in the show because I figured out how to do it. But, of course... <gasps> You got the video. Yeah, I found the video amongst the uh, photographs. I will post the video on the social media um, because this is basically a video of me and Tony. What was the pub, Alex? It's um, the one by the Menin Gate. Saint yeah, it's Arnold. a little bar, isn't it? Do you remember yeah. what the pub was called? San Arnaldos. San Arnaldos. Yeah, we were out the back and it was, uh, I think it was Holmes's birthday was indeed and uh wear a sash like a twat yeah me me and tony turned up and uh 
they were all out the back in the garden because it's very hot. It was like mad, madly hot weather out there. Yeah, degrees, and on. And uh, basically, they were all like having kind of uh, cold meats and Belgian cheese and chocolate. Weirdly, they like chocolate with everything, and uh, and Belgian beer. And they were serving this beer in kind of champ, you know, like the round champagne glasses. It was that kind of size beer. And Tony and I found they had a menu. Oh, when you and. I'm so sorry. Uh, Excuse me? I'm so sorry. Uh, and anyway, uh, they had a menu for said beers. And Tony and I thought, oh, well, that would be fun if we drank our way through the menu. So we did. Of course, these are all, like, you know, really strong. And there's a point at which, uh, you know, oh. I, I, I bet. Well, I won't. I Look, put it this way. I managed to do something very naughty with one of these beers. I will play. In fact, I'll play the clip now. There you go. It's a full flavoured blonde ale with a fruity and mild sweet touch of fruity up and up. Eight is the fucking. I see your eight, but I fucking shit on it. Anyway, um, so there we go. Enough of that. Um. It's not just about drinking beer, though, Alex. This is a—I mean, you know—you you are the legend that organises all of this. It was your idea. You wrote the book on it, literally. So you need to give us a little bit of history about the history, and then tell us what happens on the tour. Other than me getting pissed, obviously. <laughs> Other than Chidge being more drunk than I've ever seen in my life before. <laughs> That's um, true, I, so I suppose 2015, uh, I did a book with. Andrew Holmes, who's another Chelsea fan, and some other Chelsea fans were involved. Johnny Dyer as well, like back before Johnny became like an award-winning thesis person and a proper historian. Um, when he was still like, what's a war diary? We put this book together and we decided that... So I got asked if I would do a, a football book because the publisher that it was had had like 100 pitches of people wanting to do a World War One book from the perspective of their football team. And they said, is that something you'd want to do, like being a Chelsea fan? Because they'd knocked them back. And I said, yes. And then I started looking at it. And what was really good about it is that Chelsea was only 10 years old when the war started, nine years old. And um, we're really just average. We don't have the biggest amount of casualties. We don't have the lowest amount of casualties, as in no participation at all, like some certain clubs from up north who wear red and didn't really get involved. Um, but we just kind of a good example of a football club trying to stay alive in Arsenal. Was that Arsenal? No, no, the Arsenal historian was really nice. I spoke to him and he just said that we were so tiny at that point. We just moved to North London. We were getting gates of 1300 people. There's just not much of a story to tell, but there is some Arsenal in the book because um, we covered the khaki cup final. So what was really interesting of the, the book, it kind of ended up being a fuck you to all of the people that just, a lot of people say like, oh, footballers, you know, they were wasters and they should have gone to war and everything. And we took that apart because if you compare it to all the social history going on at the time, um, footballers weren't wanted, weren't needed. Um, so they didn't go, which is much what most other men in the country were doing at the time. But it also as well, we got to cover the cup final run from 1914-15, which is the only wartime cup final and then when we got to the battlefield stuff, we we had a, a rough list of some guys who'd received footballs who were regulars, but we went on this massive statistics-led spreadsheet, and Holmes hates spreadsheets, and I had 
bastard of a spreadsheet and we basically had a formula for working out who amongst this certain regiment were Chelsea fans and then we went and found their families and we confirmed that they were and then we've like held bloodstained letters in our hands and we've figured out what battles they fought in so it does that as well it follows the story of the war through the eyes of Chelsea fans and players basically some of whom stay at home some of whom go abroad some of whom are killed in action and then, because we love going to battlefields and any excuse, Holmes Dyer and I were like, what if we took other Chelsea fans on, basically, uh, we, you call them a beers and battlefield tour. So mm. uh, the way I like to run a battlefield tour, I think it's enough that you're getting in a car or on a coach and going there. I don't think you need to weep your way around the battlefield. There are times, obviously, when you go somewhere like a cemetery and it's sad, Um and that's fine. But I also think at the end of the day, you need to decompress and getting pissed with your friends drinking Belgian beer is a perfectly acceptable way of doing that. So it's oh. kind of I, I don't apologize for having fun on these things as well, because it's people's hard earned time and money as well. It's their spare time. It's their spare income. And I don't think they should apologize for wanting to say they had fun when they went. I think the fact that you're going is paying respects to those guys and actually most of those guys I mean the disciplinary records of some of these Chelsea fans were hilarious we do a toast to one of them called Goddard William Goddard who his disciplinary rap sheet for drinking is brilliant if they were still around they'd be getting pissed with us so yeah it it is a battlefield tour we do learn about the war it is Chelsea but I don't think it's militantly Chelsea but I screwed you all over last time we went to a um a graveyard and one of my Belgian friends turned up and he gave you this this hideous story and played this song written about the, the football. Ra the Rangers footballer, yeah? No, it turned out to be Leeds and all of Did you were really? like, by the point that he suckered you into the Oh man, I thought it was really, oh, yeah. it was that, that you were a player's grave. Yeah. yeah. You were you were all like, it doesn't matter who he played oh, for. Oh really? Listen to the song and mm. yeah, so um we don't we're not militantly Chelsea. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, if an Arsenal fan or a, or a Spurs fan turns up on this thing, you are gonna take some shit, but you're not also not gonna be force fed how amazing Chelsea was because we didn't do that in the book and we don't do that on the tour. It just happens to be the lens through which we look at the First World War. Yeah. And like I think you guys can speak better about the other aspect we tried to do, which is to make this a really good introduction to people who haven't been before. Well, you nailed it, Alex. I mean, the, the funny thing is, in spite of my passion for, uh, you know, military history, as you, as you well know, because you and I have got drunk and talked about this many a time, um, that was the first time I'd ever been, you know, on a battle, a World War One battlefield tour. So I was a bit of a, you know, World War One battlefield tour virgin. And me, yeah. And I mean, me e even though I know, I know it was kind of plugged as a bit of a football jolly and a Chelsea jolly. Um, it wasn't, as you said, it wasn't militant. It wasn't overwhelming. I mean, it was, it was really. I, I mean, what I took away from it was. It was a wonderful, moving experience of exploring a little bit of World War One history, and you you cannot. I mean, I'd, if you've never done this before, people, I'm telling you now, you cannot. I mean, the the reason I got in, interested in this shit is that my, my my horrible, disgusting, comprehensive, chavvy school in deepest, darkest Hampshire. The one decent thing they did uh, was they took me and my chums from uh, I think it was two L my form anyway they took us out to uh to where the fuck was it colville samir but just basically on omaha beach we were about 12 years old 
1977. Half of you lot out there were pogoing around to the damned and the clash. I was like being taken on a on a, sec- a second world war tour of the of the, the you know Normandy landings basically Omaha Beach. And I was only 12, but I was absolutely captivated by it, not least the massive uh, cemeteries that they've got there. It's incredibly moving, and it really fueled, oh, yeah. fueled my interest in military history. So, you know, going on with World War One battle tour, it's great fun. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, one, takeaways, fantastic people. I mean, Tony and I are great mates anyway, but, I mean, I think we, we really did bond on that trip, didn't we, we did. Tony? I think it's fair to say that, because we, we roomed together for a start. Now, here's the thing. There's been some really vicious rumours going around on this, <laughs> and you have to be very careful what you say here. Do I snore? I don't recall it being anywhere near us, but I mean, we probably both did. But then <laughs> when you think of how much anaesthesia. That was we the most had. diplomatic answer you could have possibly given, mate. I love you. <laughs> but, um, and despite my best efforts at trying to claw at Alex's uh, door. Um, That's why you, you didn't think I snored. You were never yeah, in the fucking room, mate. You were, yeah, you were trying to find Alex, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she's far too wily to, to fall for some silly old bastard like mine bloody sob stories and shit like that but um it was just fantastic I've got so many memories from you know um special pints in Arras when we when we went to out in Arras that night um and uh uh to the fish market to that the St Leonardo's bar the bar where we went in where you know where you did your famous video bit um but I think me being made to burrow like a rabbit Oh, that was brilliant. Alex. Yes. On Hill 60. Yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. It was um, just a perfect storm of hangover. It was. I managed to convince you that yes. rabbits had dug trenches. It was. was it triple function rabbits digging trenches. Then Something you were like that, yeah. wear the skins and you decided you were willing to do a demonstration of a rabbit. I was. He did, bless him. He did. I it mean, was. you know, look, it, it's great fun with great people. I mean, we, everybody got on. It was really a lot of fun. You know, quite often when you go on groups like that, it all gets a bit, yeah. people get tired of each other after about half an hour, but not on this trip. Everybody, you had your own space to do your own thing, but everybody came together at the right times and it was very lovely. But actually the historical aspect of it was just, it was, I mean, you know, number one, it's moving. When you hear the stories, yeah. you see the cemeteries, you can't, you know, you can't, you cannot fail to be moved by it. And, I, and I'll tell you what I include in that. I can't remember the bloody name. Landmark, wasn't it? The German Landmark. cemetery. I mean, yeah. that yes. was moving as well because they're very different cemeteries, the German cemetery. So you, you learn a lot about the history. There's a lot of uh, a football element to that. Oh, we sprung on you, your relative as well, didn't we? Well, I was, uh, I was going to say, I mean, that for me was just mental because, I mean, I had a, a German relative, Chidge. No, mate, yeah. no, there's not. I like, like, there's bon, no, there's bon no Spurs, there's no Spurs in my family. There's no German in my family. All right, it's <laughs> yeah. simple as that. Uh, it um, was that. That was the first day, wasn't it? When, um, yeah, wasn't it? He, he, his tank was hit. Well, basically, yeah. I mean, he was a gunner. And then he got out. He got a he escaped from that and then got shot. Didn't yeah, he? He, he was a gunner in uh, the tank regiment, and he fought in the first proper kind of tank uh, battle, which is the Battle of Combray in nineteen seventeen. And uh, I knew, I knew that he'd. Well, I knew where he was buried uh, because uh, you know, obviously, family history, yada yada yada. And he's buried in Oroville Wood Cemetery, and I knew, I knew that uh, he'd been fighting in Flesquier, which is quite quite near Combray. And that's about all I really knew. And and I knew the date he died. Uh, and I kind of like just mentioned it in passing to Alex. And, and on the way there, and it, and this is kind of quite a way away from where we were supposed to be heading, we just made a detour there. 
and uh, Holmes and Andy and Alex basically had done loads of research and they actually showed me the spot where they think he was where he, I mean, basically his tank uh, got stuck and he got out and got hit by a sniper I think but um, yeah. they, they showed the exact spot I mean it was fucking it was intense it was intense Alex it was. It's something we don't mind obviously doing for people as well. I think we've already got one chap who's just booked on it. Um, we can't do everything because some of it's 1918 on the Somme and it's too far south, but we're definitely going to be able to cover off a battle that his relative fought in as well. So it's well, funny. You always say to people, give us the heads up beforehand because then we do the research and you always hmm. get someone, in our case Lisa, who randomly sits on the coach yes. and goes, this place sounds familiar. I think my great uncle was here and you go, Fuck's sake. And then you were on your phone trying to do the research. And yeah. we managed to do hers as well, didn't we? Did. Like, oh, that over yeah. there. And she was like, yeah. And you're like, that's your yeah. great uncle. The, the most spine-tingling moment for me was at Langemark Cemetery when we were all gathered uh, down one end and you made me stand on a very, very specific yeah. and particular spot. And, and actually... I think you actually touched me. You actually I made you feel me. dirty, didn't I? You did. And, and I was thinking, oh, my God, this is it's just stand there and look in this particular direction. Um, and everybody took a few photographs and whatever, and then handed me a picture of Hitler standing in that exact spot, addressing, I believe, that what was left of his army, wasn't it, I think? Well, he'd gone to see the famous uh, schoolboys of 14, which is, I mean, let's not get into the cultural myth. Yeah, but yeah. War, but yeah, that, but I think what for me is the moment he was standing on that spot in 1940, he thought he'd won. He yeah. thought he was going to win. And, <laughs> and it was, it was an absolute spine tingling moment because you, it, it's something I'm just sitting thinking, fucking, you know, I'm standing exactly yeah, where, weird. you know. It was repaid a couple of days later when we went to the little cemetery at the back of Ypres um, and you did the same thing for me. And that's where King George V, was it? Yeah. Glad you yeah, got he's... that one. Otherwise, you'd that, yeah. be done with you. <laughs> so it was, it was Yang to the Ying of the first. It was, And that was, that was another splendid moment. So, I mean, like I said, these are the, the whole raft of memories that that I never expected to get as well, I think. You know, I mean, I, I think I went on it with a fairly indifferent, this is going to be a bit of a laugh and interesting as well. I had no real idea what to expect. Um, and, and it was a bit our feeders aim at times, I think, because we were all shoved into this rusty old transit. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> Last minute, Larry managed to go. <laughs> this thing having been let down. Um, and and it was rammed, wasn't it? If you remember rightly, there wasn't a room. This is not selling it very well, Tony. We're going to have yeah. a an oh. air conditioned, huge luxury it's, it's coach. Completely this different. Be a beer fridge this year. With a beer so, fridge, yeah. exactly. This yeah. was absolutely. I mean, that was one of the first things as well. We stopped at a, a little bar uh, not long after getting out of the tunnel. Um, and uh, that doesn't sound like us. What no, we and, and <laughs> I can't remember it was, but it was, it was all done up in war memorabilia. Um, yeah. And it had seats outside, and we went in there, and it was one of those where we had a beer and a touch of breakfast, I think, and everyone wanted another beer, and I think someone had to put their foot down and say, "Look, if we don't, if we don't leave here now, we're basically just going to sit here and get slaughtered for the day." Which would, which would have been tempting because we, we quite like that. J.K., you wanted to say something a minute ago. There are a couple of things. First of all, can we get into vernacular here? We can't call call it Eep. We've got to call it Wipers, surely. Wipers. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's yeah. what that's what all the the Tommies called it uh, called it. But also, um, um, Alex, so did, that moment when he's on, they've got masses of 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 um, 
a film of Hitler patting all these little boys on the cheeks and smiling yeah. at them. Um, it took place exactly where Tony was standing. Is that what it was you're saying? Is that what so, he was ushering all the all the kids into fighting for them in the last ditch? At, at, uh, no, this is way this, back. This, this is, is way back. Oh, I'm sorry, because I so thought that was, is... that was Berlin. That, that was happening in Berlin. Yeah, no, this is him doing a PR thing. This is 1940, oh. so they've just swept through Belgium. Oh, right, right, right. right. Um, we're about to run away at Dunkirk, um, and he thinks he's gonna, he thinks this war shit's really easy. And so he pays a visit to this cemetery because it's full of guys from 1914. And don't forget, he was in the war. So this is his he war. He was part of that, yeah. Yeah, and there's this big myth about all this, like, wasted generation. I mean, there were a lot of young reservists, German reservists, who was university students and things, who were mobilised as soon as the war began. And um, he, he's standing by it. That, that cemetery has a memorial to several divisions, and he's standing next to the memorial for one that was full of university students and it's it's like the slaughter of the innocents I, I can't remember the german phrase they use for it my german's terrible as in non-existent that's why i have nikolai um but yeah he he goes there to pay his respects and actually so i don't know if i told you when we were there but i can show you there's a, a memorial with some damage to it but hitler actually said anyone who touches a war cemetery you don't care who's in it british anyone you've got me to answer to. And I think the myth about there's an Australian memorial up near Eben, we can stop there and have a look at it. That's got a couple of holes dinked in it. And and kind of the urban legend is that the two German soldiers that shot it up were executed. So mm. he actually vehemently did not want the destruction of any, I'm not saying he was a nice guy. Clearly he was, a, he was not, um, but he actually sort of gave this mandate out, leave, leave the last war alone. As as you invade and murder people yeah. uh, and create a, a like commit atrocities just up the road with the SS, yeah. um, don't be mean to the cemeteries. So, Alex, yeah, that... last word on the trip to you. I mean, yeah. why? Why? I mean, you know, I, I I mean, there's great places to go, great people to go with. You get a lot of good history. It's incredibly emotional and moving. Um, you know, if you were to, to to, I mean, you know, you do these things. This is what you do. If there was one standout reason as to why people should you know, part with their hard-earned to come along, what, what do you think it would be? Uh, watching us is really shit at the moment. Come and learn <laughs> well, it, it, it's or in it's, June. It's It'll about more than it. just football. So it, it, come and learn more about your club. Don't. It's not just about whining about the players and the results and stuff. There's a history here. Um, and it was very, very new history because we were only founded in 1905. But there is a history there. Um and we actually took some of these relatives that we found. So some of the, the graves we will visit, we took some of the descendants of those men um, were invited by Chelsea on the 100th anniversary mm. of the armistice to the game. And we sat on the bench behind the players and they were in the director's lounge and they met the players. And, and yeah. one of those guys hadn't been to Chelsea since 1945. Mm. Brilliant. So, Indeed. Um, as I said, you know, it... it that, generally anyway it's a fascinating period of history obviously but it, it affected so many of us so it's almost it's almost incredulous that there will be there will be people there who will not have somebody a relative who either fought or died in that area and uh, as I said I mean I knew a little bit about my uh, I mean he was my great great grandfather interestingly enough he was also called David 
because there's a very very few names you can actually fit with Chigi that make any sense and David is the chosen one so you know I knew a little bit but not a lot and and it was wonderful to learn a lot more about you know where he fought how he died and all this kind of thing so you know you can get a nice personal element to it too right it is isn't it Alex on the 21st to the 24th of June it is. We leave from Maidstone. There's plenty of facilities there to leave your car and stay overnight beforehand. Um, and yeah, we will have some fun. We will learn some stuff. We will see some sad shit, uh, but it'll all balance out in the end. Yeah. And you'll you'll come back knowing a lot more about Chelsea. You will indeed. Uh, it's uh, <coughs> 650 quid there or thereabouts. Yeah, unless so. Also as well, I just want to say like, because um, you just reminded me of someone who's there is an opportunity to pay a bit more and have your own room because otherwise we bundle you up with people and Nathan's one of the people that's got his own room so this is this year in particular <laughs> not only yeah, apparently he snores is that like for his own monster. protection or ours this is what I it's would ours have. apparently he snores oh. like a monster but we love him this is I Chelsea Nathan, Nathan. Yeah, so this yeah. what's brilliant is on this tour and I can't promise this will ever happen again not only have you got the people that wrote and researched the book all three of them but not only have you got Chidge and Glover not only have you got both smut buddies you also got Nathan as well who runs Chelsea Wargrave so it's kind of unique in that you've got I don't think there's anyone else you could plonk on this tour with the war knowledge that could add anything that any of those people well, can't we could have JK because of course he was there at the time Oh, he was almost there when we went in 2000. I know, he did it in that show, didn't he? What happened to you, yeah. JK? What happened to you? Like something came up, if I remember right. He now. had a voiceover job and yeah. it his plans. We should get you out, mate. You'll love it. Anyway. Yeah. Right, uh, where should they go? It's it's uh, www.historiatravel.org. I-S-T-O-R-I-A travel.org. I mean, we have plastered it everywhere on social media. I've pinned it to our, our Chelsea Fancast Twitter feed. It's on our Facebook page. I'll get it on Instagram when I get a mo, and we'll keep pushing this out uh, because basically you've got until March. Am I right? To to to. Uh, yeah, end of March, before we have to secure the numbers. Right. So. Okay. So we'll we'll keep keep winning on about this until you're bored stupid of us. But I, I say it with love because honestly. It, you know, I I go I won't I I'm not egging egging this on too much really. Honestly, it was it was a it was a life changing trip. I tell you, trip yeah. of a lifetime. This I would say, just from, from my perspective, um, a perfect storm of a weekend. Um, I made good friends, um, people that I I knew but hadn't really ever spent any any degree of personal time with them or anything like that. Um, and that night in the bar near the Menin Gate, was just such a fantastic night. We had um, some of Alex's friends from other tours, I think, turned up and chatted to us. And um, and it was just this perfect sort of, and, and the word I'm going to use is a kind of bonhomie that was there between, the, it's almost like the Chelsea family was the under the undercurrent of it, if you like. But we didn't, I can't remember talking much about football at all, really. No, exactly. Um, you know, we weren't sort of sitting there moaning and groaning about whoever was in charge no. and whether we should we, play. We had the Leeds thing pop up. We had a random, yeah. well, random, one of one of my mates, Battlefield Guy, turned up. He was a scouter and we gave him lots of yeah. shit one night in the pub. So mm. it's all very, yeah, it was... all very lighthearted, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. And it was, I just want to stress what a fabulous weekend it was. No, it was one of those where 
I came back mentally relaxed, if not yeah. physically. <laughs> well, I needed a week's holiday when I came back to recover from the alcohol poisoning. But no, mm. I'm only joking. It was great. You know what to do. Keep your eyes peeled. Come and join us. It'd be lovely to have some of you there that, that we know who listen to the show, as well as plenty of people that we don't know and we'll get to meet. That's what it's all about, really. Right. Mm. We're going to have a quick break, and then we're going to come back with the opposition view. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast, part two. I am Stanford Chidge. Of course, I've got the uh, lovely Jonathan Kidd with me. Lovely to be on the show. And the uh, the smut buddies, Mr. Tony Glover and the delicious Alex Churchill. Boop, boop. That was Tony. Could just <laughs> that say Alex. that there is no other fan, Charlie. Chelsea fan. Uh, Charlie? Charlie? Tony. Who's Charlie? Oh, it's because I can Freudian slip, mate. Yeah. No other fan, Tony, that I'd rather rub myself up against than you. Oh, how romantic. Valentine's Day was last week, so I suppose that's I know, but I'm having a little hot flush here. Right, enough of your smut. Go and have a cold shower, both of you. It's now time... Oh, David's like, what is this? I know. (laughs) Shush, 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 shush. It's now time for this. The Opposition View. That's right, the opposition view, and uh, I'm delighted to welcome back. Uh, I mean, he may be a Man City fan, but we love him anyway. 
He's probably been on. He's probably been a guest on Opposition View more than anybody else. I think largely because we, we've managed to play City quite a lot recently. But it's a a warm welcome back to David Walker from Red But Never Red. Hello, David. I never learn, do I? Nope. You said that if <laughs> if you said that if we got a result out of the game in November, you would not come back. I said if you won. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I was so, being over optimistic, wasn't I? I'm here just about. <laughs> <laughs> On sufferance. Uh, but anyway, how are you? You well? Uh, not too bad. So I had some bad news this week, but that's not. this is not the time nor the place. Well, but uh, let's just say cancer has been rampant this uh, week, like never before. But uh, oh, life, uh, life goes on. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. Well done for, right. for turning up. Right, in that case, we're going to go straight into the football. We just mentioned the 4-4, didn't we, in November. What on earth did you think of that match, David? It was just crazy. Um, Defence went out of the window. It was just attack, attack. Um, City were very unlike City, but they have been. They've been conceding more goals this season than previously. But it was a crazy game. And at the end of the day, a draw was the fair result. No, no question of that. You I know, mean, we, I didn't expect City to play like that. They were way far too open. But uh, if you're a neutral, I mean, that was uh, Christmas came early, didn't it? Well, um, I mean, it, it shocked the living daylights out of us because even though we we drew, we we fully expected to get spanked, as you will remember from when, when you yeah. did the preview with us. And, you know, this team that's been like Jekyll and Hyde or mainly like Hyde, you know, actually played really, really, really well. I mean, we actually played... We, we suddenly saw... My God, this lot can actually play football. Maybe, maybe we were wrong. Maybe they'll be. Wrong. Of course, then it all went pear shaped again. But for a, for a small minute or two after the final whistle went, we were actually happy and positive and looking at a, a, a rosy future. So I, I, that's why I was curious about how you felt because for us it was quite, quite a. You know, when we do the review of the season, that will feature quite high up. I think. Well, during that period, November, December, um, I don't know if you know this, but Pep Guardiola was actually banned from owning a dog. It's the old one about he couldn't hold on to a lead. And not only not only at the bridge, but we had the Etihad, we had Liverpool, Spurs and Palace. And uh, it, it was getting dire. We had more draws than a... I mean, football pools winner, you know, but uh, we seem I to have... I thought you were going to go down a really dark Kurt Zuma route then and I was going to have to hate him. <laughs> oh, no, we don't do cat kicking. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. No, no. That's why Zuma's but, at West Ham, mate. Yeah. Oh, he's a hideous individual, isn't he? He is, really. Although he, he was very much responsible for them getting spanked by Arsenal, which I, I have mixed feelings <laughs> about. Um, listen, uh, you know, another thing that we didn't know a lot about at the time when we last spoke to you was, was Cole Palmer. Uh, yeah. who subsequently has been far and away head and shoulders above everybody else in our team. He's been our player of the season quite happily. Uh, you know, he's topped the he's topped the assists. He scored. He's on he's on course to if he carries on scoring at the rate he is, he'll, he'll get over fifteen goals this season, which is you know unheard of for a Chelsea midfielder in the is, last ten is he years. Twelve goals, eight assists from yeah, 25 something like games. that. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been absolutely fantastic. I love his attitude. I love his mankness, actually, because I think he brings a bit of that. No, I mean, I mean that in the nicest possible way. He's got a bit of edge to him. I like him. Are you surprised about how how you know well he's done for us? And, and do you have any regrets getting rid of him? Um, he's doing very well. I mean, Pep's acknowledged that. I think it's a little bit too early to say whether City made a mistake. I mean, banking forty two and a half million quid is seemingly a good deal for us. I think it's the end of this season and probably next season that the proof will be 
whether or not we made a mistake. Um, the thing in City's favour, we've got a young Norwegian lad called Oscar Bob. How's that for a name? Um, and he's come up from the academy. He's cost us nothing. Um, he's another Norwegian because we've got another Norwegian in the front line as well. What's his name again? Can't remember. But two Norwegians. This kid is a real prospect. And it might be that the city coaching staff thought this kid's as good, if not better, than Palmer. He's a couple of years younger. Um, but no, Cole's doing very, very well. Um, more than I thought he would. But he's getting regular football. He's getting consistency. And as you say, he's been uh, he's been Chelsea's shining star. No, he has. Kind of winds me up, though. I mean, it, you know, I, I think I wonder if this is the same for you in a way, because we, we've got a, we've, we've had an excellent academy for, for years, really, now. And, yeah. and we always say, look, if you give some of these kids a really good run in the side and give them games, they will prove how good they are. And of course, what happens? They get one or two games and then they get sold somewhere. Is, is that similar with the City or are you doing a bit better than we are in that respect? With City, um, it's like Chelsea, you know, the clubs made no, um, they didn't hide the fact that, yeah, they're hoping to bring a few diamonds through, but it's a business. And if you cultivate players, you bring them onto a certain standard, you sell, you make money, it keeps the, the balance sheet looking healthy. And I don't think there's much difference between City and Chelsea in that respect. Uh, but recently, obviously Foden's our shining star. I mean, world-class, and he's again, he's only 23. But we are seeing kids come through. This Oscar Bob is in the early stages of his first-team career. We've got a young lad, Micah Hamilton, has uh, made an impression, scored a Champions League goal. There's Rico Lewis, I think he's 18. He's made his first England cap this season. So there seems to be more and more kids coming through into the first-team squad. Indeed, we all thought Cole would be the next one through who would you know, stick in the first-team squad. But from what I can gather, Cole wanted certain assurances about game time, which I don't think Pep Guardiola would, would grant to anybody. So it seems to be an amicable parting of the ways. And obviously he's getting the game time and he's shining. Um, but I think at City... It's a question of biding your time. I mean, Jaden Sancho, had he not thrown a hissy fit and left City, gone to Dortmund, then ultimately United, under Pep's tutelage, that kid would be flying and he would be an integral part of, you know, City's team now. But you leave the guidance of Pep and possibly it's, you know, you go in the wrong direction. And we'll see if Cole Palmer proves that wrong. Is Doku his replacement? Palmer's replacement? seemingly in the short... Well, yeah, I would say so. But as I say, Oscar Bobby's coming up on the rails. So you've probably got a choice of two there. But Doku is the immediate one because as Palmer went out the door, Doku came in. Um, Doku himself is 21. I think people probably think he's a little bit older. Um, he's got... He needs time to settle like any player who comes into Pep's team. But um, He's, he brings a new dimension to us in terms of speed and the dribbling capability, which we've probably not seen since Leroy Sane. But again, there's a lot to learn when you're in a pep team, possibly more than any other mm. team in the world, because he is a very, very demanding taskmaster. And, you know, you've got to... Uh, it takes time to adapt. Indeed. If, uh, if uh, Oscar Bob uh, scores or performs well against us on Saturday, he will be known... By Chelsea fans as Foxtrot Oscar Bob, obviously. Say the name one more time. Say the name, Oscar David. Bob? Oscar Bob. Oscar Bob. <laughs> it's a great name. It is a quality yeah. name. Um, 
it's interesting what you say about the academy there and the similarity i mean we, we've got our knickers in a twist at the moment because it looks very much like uh the club having spunked a billion quid on some no mark players in in a very short space of time are now going to have to sell most of their academy to make up the numbers but of course the one that everybody thinks they're going to sell is Conor Gallagher, which would be criminal because he's been brilliant for us this this season. Yeah. Um, and it's really just to stem off any worries they've got about FFP infractions. Now, apparently we're uh, in the dock for crimes committed under Roman's uh, tenure of the club. City, of course, are in a similar position, aren't they? And I mean... You know, I know there's a lot of nonsense talked about both City and Chelsea in the respects. So I'm not going down that angle, but I'm, what I what I what I am going to ask you is: Are you, are you actually worried about it? Because I mean, with what they've done to Everton and Forest, a lot of people keep talking about City and Chelsea in the same breath. Oh, you know, points deduction. Oh, maybe even a relegation. You know, I mean, I'd like to think it's nonsense, but are you are you, are you concerned? Like we are a little bit concerned. To say there's no concern would be stupidity, but to say there is only a very, very limited concern would be the truth. Um, I think City have been down this road with UEFA and the Court of Arbitration for Sport. And when you look at the business acumen and the the brilliance at the top of the City Football Group and Manchester City, you've got Khaldun Al Mubarak, you've got Sheikh Mansur. These are business savvy giants of the business world. Um, and I can't for the life of me think that they would have been stupid enough to transgress and or if there were any minor transgressions, they were daft enough to leave their backsides hanging in the wind. I think the only thing that City will be found guilty of will be non-cooperation with a Premier League investigation. But the analogy I always use is that if you've got a gunman who is out to get you, irrespective of whatever the circumstance, why are you expected to give them magazines to keep the, the gunfire coming in? Um, I'm supremely confident City will be found not guilty, or at the very least, the, the, the sort of the bar of uh, you know proven guilt is so high that I can't see any way that an independent, in inverted commas, tribunal will be able to uh, achieve that when... UEFA and the Court of Arbitration for Sport, an actual legal entity, found City not guilty. Yeah, I quite agree. I think we're in the same what the boat I've said before about this is there are two things here from the Premier League's point of view. One is biting the hand that feeds um, with two big clubs that are money-making machines for the Premier League. But not only that, we were taken over uh, by these Americans under full government scrutiny. Okay, we were watched every single step of the way by the government, by the banks, by everybody that was involved at that time. For them to then turn around and presuming that uh, Clear Lake did due diligence and the government went through and said, look, everything's fine. You know, and I know there's a dispute over the money that Roman uh, received and where it goes. Um, but the fact is, I don't see how anybody can then turn around to us and say, you should pay the sins of the fathers. And that would, should have all been opened out at the time. Do you know what I mean? I've always said this, you know, if if there were dodgy things going on, they should have all been under the scrutiny of the government and the accountants and everybody that took uh, the whole Chelsea takeover on board at the time. I just, I just can't see how the FA or the Premier League can come back and say, we're going to do this to you. Not with, not with having been signed off at those levels. 
I think it also shows the ignorance of the mass media or the fact that they have a <laughs> narrative knew? that they, Who knew? <laughs> the narrative that they need to stick to religiously with Everton and Forest. Therefore, Chelsea and City will be drummed down to the, you know, mm. the, the whatever non-league status. I don't even think it's that smart. I just think it's literally, oh, crap, it's a 24-hour news cycle. We need to say something, say anything. Hmm. The thing with, with Forrest and Everton, they have already they've, they've said they're guilty. They breached whatever the profit and sustainability rules are. They've held their hands up. Um, and yet then they get, well, we don't know what Forrest is going to get and whether or not Everton's going to get further punishment. But if that is cooperating with the Premier League, then long may City and Chelsea not cooperate with the Premier League because it serves no purpose other than mm. to give them the ammunition. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know in Chelsea's case, but in City's case, it is most definitely driven by the red cartel of Liverpool, United and Arsenal. They can't beat us on the field, so let's get them any which way we can. And, and just to conflate, I was about to say, actually, Dave, David's an excellent follower on Twitter, follow, an excellent follow on Twitter because... He, like us, uh, excoriates the, the media perpetually on Twitter and it always, always makes me chuckle when I read his latest missive. And, of course, that's the thing. It's, uh, you know, it's a red-tinted media, from television mm. to radio to newsprint. We've been bitching Ooh. about this for, for years and years and years, David, so it's always but, lovely well, to see somebody else do that. I would also go along they with... They demographic. They yeah. their demographic and they pander to it. Yeah. It, they, I think also the thing is, is that, the, the, if you like, the new money boys... Who disturbed the red triumph? The, yeah, the, the red hegemony was us. Uh, us first with Romans money, yeah. but then City come along, and that that I guess the word is triopoly of Arsenal, Liverpool, United didn't like it. You know, the last thing they want is is anybody you know bursting in some, and, and ruining their little party and their yeah. their little cartel of of of, um, of history and all that rubbish. You know, so. Um, I, I, I tend to agree with what David just said. I think there is a definite. Sorry, I'm going to say, if you recall, there used to be three Champions League places, which were ostensibly Liverpool, United and Arsenal. Mm. Then Chelsea, Roman came along with the money and then UEFA tweaked it. So there were four Champions League places. So the Red Cartel could just about live with that because there were still four entries into the Champions League. Yet when City came along, that was that was just too much because there were not going to be five. Champions League places available each and every season. Hence, you know, I think more of a kickback against City than um, than Chelsea ever experienced when Roman Abramovich came into the club. It's an interesting point, actually. Not thought of that. Alex, you were on the cusp there. No, you're on mute. You couldn't have been on the cusp. I was on the cusp. <laughs> All I was going to say, I was just going to interject, you know, like Monday Night Football, watching it back. Oh, my God, was it not so amazing to see someone as eloquent as Petr Cech? Yeah. And- Carragher just scrabbling round like the moron that he is. <laughs> and and even in the end, he stopped trying to keep up with him in terms of how good he sounded yeah. and was just like, oh, what about this? What about this? What about this? And with all these questions about the loan market and how it worked and that. And in the end, he was worshipping him as well. And yeah, it was glorious. It was. Oh, we love Petrček. Right. Take uh, that, let's talk about uh, the game uh, tomorrow uh, late afternoon. Uh, yep. You've got Haaland back and De Bruyne back. Does this mean it's full steam ahead for the treble from here on in? Oh, I can't say double treble, can we? I just did. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness me. It took, what, a quarter of a century for somebody to do it after the, um, the red... Uh, I was going to say scum. That wouldn't be very nice, would it? The red Manchester shite will do. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a very, very big ask. I mean, you look at it, you're thinking, well, 
we're where we want to be. The Premier League is in our own hands in terms of points and games in hand. You look across Europe, you, you, you look at Real Madrid traditionally. Yes, they're good, but are they that good? Bayern Munich with Harry Kane was supposed to be coming up on the rails. They seem to have been, you know, Harry Kane's gone to Germany to win things. Well, he's out the FA Cup, five points behind in the Bundesliga and teetering on the brink in the Champions League. It would be ridiculous to say we're going to win the treble again because it is so, so difficult. You know, you can get the the, the out-of-left-field opponent who, who just takes you down. I mean, in all seriousness, you know, you could beat us tomorrow. You just do not know. Uh, it's, it would be incredible to do that. But as Pep said, you wait until you're in the Champions League final, the FA Cup final, and you're in the last two games of the season and the advantage is yours. It's, it's, it's beyond anybody's wildest dreams, but... You know, you no, nothing's impossible. Dreams. Nothing's impossible. I mean, how, how long's Pep going to hang around there for? I mean, Klopp's going at the end of this season from Liverpool. Thank God. Um, how long? How long's Pep going to stay for? Do you reckon? I'm just wondering if the candles are still burning for Klopp's departure. But moving on. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's that weekend. Oh my God! It was like no other club existed. I was trying to listen to like a, a Saturday afternoon game on the radio, and it was like he. Died. I know. Oh, I thought we've got six months of I this. Unbelievable. Well, Tuesday, clock was all over the place. Only pancake Tuesday. I mean, everybody wants to see a tosser, and he was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. I was like, I would love it if the fucking the Red Mafia media narrative of his triumphant departure ended up being them just shitting their pants in every competition. Well, I I, I hate to say this because obviously this is a Chelsea podcast and we all bleed blue on here, but. You know, really for David's benefit, in a sense. Please, can you win the league title this year so uh, that Arsenal, so that Arsenal and Liverpool do not? That's all yeah. I ask. Okay. You were lesser of all other evils. Always win it or else. Return the favour and win the league cup. That will do, dandy. Well, we'll do our best, mate. But I think much, much will depend on what happens on Saturday, as far as that's concerned. Mm. Oh, um, Poch has denied that. He said it has no relevance whatsoever. Yeah, but he talks arsed in his press, as we will find out in part we three. We will find out. We will find because, out. Because, as we often say, JK does a, a wonderful summary of the presses, and I, I always say JK watches the press conferences so we don't have to, <laughs> which is very apt. Um, now, listen, uh, David, are there any weaknesses that Chelsea can exploit uh, against City, do you think? Am I supposed to tell you this? Um, I, I don't, think, I don't think Pochettino will be listening. And anyway, if he did, we, he wouldn't We don't have it. a hotline to Poch. No, we, we don't. don't. No, <laughs> I think um, City have been vulnerable sometimes to being caught on the break with pace and purpose, even if it's a long ball uh, over the top and speedy wingers to go on to that. You've got no worries with us then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, think, I think tomorrow will be an end-to-end game, probably not as much as the 4-4, but I very much hope and don't believe that you'll come and park the bus. I don't think you're a team set up for that. I mean, last Saturday against Everton was, oh God, it was turgid. Mm. You know, they are a hideous club and even the revered Frank Lampard, he brought uh, Everton to our place on New Year's Eve of 2022 and they got a 1-1 draw over 111 minutes, but my opinion of Frank Lampard went right down the toilet that day because of the tactics that they employed. And they'll say, oh, we have to put our cloth accordingly. But it was just the, it was just the antithesis of what football should be about. Um, yeah, you could get possibly catches on the break. Um, we've now got a very strong defence back. We've got Stones, we've got Diaz, we've got Aki, uh, you've got Walker, you know, the speedster. So the defence is up to full strength. 
The midfield is slightly weak, and Grealish is out because he injured himself in Copenhagen. Um, Bernardo, there's a late shout on him, whether or not he'll be fit, because uh, some Copenhagen defender saw fit to go over the top and rip his sock, and not even the sniff of a red card. But it just depends. If we hit our straps, if KDB is on form and Foden's at it as he has been, and Haaland is back in the goal-scoring vein as he was last uh, weekend, which was great to see, we're obviously the favourites. Um, we, mo- we mainly are when we have these these chats, and yet you guys have uh, confounded me on many occasions. But That's I think the last time you beat us was in that uh, insignificant friendly in Porto in uh, 2021, wasn't it? It was. JK? I was going to say, is Kovacic getting in or is he injured? He's apparently he's fit, I believe. Um, and I think you guys have hinted at the fact he, he was not your favourite player at the bridge. But I have to say, he's no Gundogan because Gundogan went and Kovacic was seen as not quite like for like, but that was the place, in, you know, he took that place in the squad. But in fairness to Kovacic, um, He's been he's been an effective yeah. water carrier, if I can put it into yeah, that yeah. sort of terminology. He's fitted in very well with City's style of play, which for a midfielder in his first season is quite an undertaking and quite an achievement. Um, he wouldn't necessarily be in the first eleven out of choice, but he's certainly um, making a valid contribution. He'll probably be on the bench tomorrow, but I think he you know he's available to participate if uh, if required. It wasn't that we we disliked him. We we thought he was a, a terrific player. It just was that in the last season he yeah he didn't seem to make any effort and was constantly uh, unfit. I mean, in a sense that he would he'd run up the pitch and then put his yeah. lean on his his knees and looking. I think that was the case with at least ten or eleven of our players. That had enough. I think. Yeah. And I mean, he, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think there was a lot going on there because um, in a Kovacic um, for me. In, certainly, when he first came to the club, was one of those players when he first, like you just said, David, what does he do? And then suddenly you start to watch it and you think, oh, actually, he's quite good at holding the ball. He's quite good at moving. Um, he's quite good at pushing up, which is one of our huge things that I miss about um, us is this at the moment, we've got this. It's a hate crime to criticise Thiago Silva at Chelsea, but I, I do because it's this holds the ball for five seconds, plays it out, ignores Chilwell all the time, and it's so slow. And it's, you know, and then second half, um, uh, uh, like against Palace and against, you know, we were just phenomenal. But I don't think, that, that's what worries me tomorrow, is is the fact that we are so cumbersome and so... Well, he's not going to play yeah. tomorrow, so you might have your wish, Tony. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I'm actually... Thankful, but it, as long as Cole Will's fit to go in there, I think he will it be. Makes all the difference to us I at think the back. He but will be. Yeah, Kovacic was one of those players. I really liked him, yeah. and then I wondered why in that last season he didn't, you know, wasn't performing. But then I look back and think none of them were. No, but I think I think you know, manager changes, sanctions, you name it. So much shit happened; it was bound to affect a lot of them. David, yeah. how, how do you see it going on Saturday? And will you enlighten us with a prediction? Yeah. You always get me to do this, and it I always know. goes horribly wrong. I know, only only because I know it annoys you. <laughs> okay, um, I think I'll take City to win three one. Okay, and it went very well last time you did that. I mean, I, I have to say, this, this this is purely designed to make you feel better. 
Uh, there's some hilarious stats. I mean, actually, the, the, there are two hilarious stats. Chelsea manager Maurizio Pochettino has lost more competitive matches against Guardiola, 13, than he has against any other manager. And, uh, you know, whilst our overall record up there in the Premier League is pretty good, um, we've lost we've lost 11 times to you, right, since the Premier League started. Now, I'm not I don't mean to be cruel, but I know you were there were years when you weren't in the Premier League, but 10 of Chelsea's 11 defeats away to City in the Premier League have come since 2009. Wonder what happened in 2009. Ooh. Um no, not a clue. No, when did, when no. did Pep when did Pep arrive? 2016 and if we're being really pedantic, Sheikh Mansour arrived in 2008. Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, the interesting thing is is that we lost four four on the bounce to you between 2009 and 2013. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that was kind of pre-PEP. So that, that is interesting. Oh, very much so, yeah. So the th- reason I, I mentioned the three goals, by the way, is that under PEP, City have scored 597 goals at the Etia. Oh. So three would be a nice 600 on the... On the on the night, it would three is the magic number. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it'll be a three-three draw. That would be a, a lot. In fact, do you did you know, David? And of course, you you wouldn't know this, I'm presuming. But uh, if um if if we manage to score, uh, here we go. Should Chelsea score two or more goals here, it'll be the first time a side managed by Guardiola has conceded six league goals in a season against a single opponent. Look at you with your thesaurus and your whatever. All nicked nicked from flash score, mate. I'm not that bright. (laughs) If we then lose 6-2, it it won't make much difference, will it? No, but but we'll still have some sort of a record. Jobs are good in JK. Absolutely. (laughs) David, um, you never know. A 3-3 draw is not beyond the realms of possibility. Um, Unless we meet you in the Cup, we're not going to see you until next season, I presume. But there's a chance we might meet you in the Cup, of course, because we've got dirty leads in the... Uh, it's not quarterfinals next, is it? Is it quarterfinals next? No, fifth, it's fifth round. Fifth round. All right. Bastards. 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 If, if we end on a high chid with me showing my age, I, want, I was watching Chelsea and Leeds in the 1970 Cup final... And I wanted you guys to win it, and I was thrilled when you did at Old Trafford of all places. Of Old Trafford of all places, that's right. Bugger me, I wouldn't have put you as old enough to have seen that. No. Well, JK was was there. Tony, Tony, yeah, exactly, Tony was. I was too young. Is that with the benefit of video or just audio? (laughs) 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 David, as always, you've been an utter delight. Uh, We always look forward to seeing you on the Fancast. Um, I won't wish you luck for tomorrow. I doubt you'll need it, to be honest. But uh, please go and win the title so we don't have to put up with uh, Arsenal, bloody Liverpool. It would just be terrible. We can't bear that thought. We can accept you winning it. Definitely sounds like a plan, mate. All right, mate. Well, look, we'll see you back on here soon, okay? But uh, in the meantime, thanks a bundle, as always. And uh, enjoy the rest of the season. I'm sure you will. Thanks, guys. And we'll do a little bit of Twitter twatter on X at, uh, time, from time to time. Indeed. And talking, talking of twatter, as I said, David is, a, is an excellent follow. Obviously, he's a very Man, man City skewed. But uh, when he rips into the red media, it's very funny. And he is at DJW Sky Blue, B-L-U. So go and follow him if, you, if you're interested in a bit of Doing it right opinion. now. There you go. Bit of a different opinion. David, take care, mate. We're lovely to see you. And we'll see you again soon. Thanks, guys. All the best. Bye-bye. Here's David. Nice to talk to you. Brilliant. The lovely David Walker there from Red But Never Red. We're going to have a quick break. And then when we're going to come back, we're going to preview the match ourselves.
Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, and I am joined by the absolutely lovely. He looks like he's in a, you know, those kind of lineups. I always think of Hugh Grant when I think of this. Yeah. You know, when you get yeah. arrested by the police and they take mugshots yeah. of you, you look like you're in a mugshot situation there, JK, because of the white wall I, behind you. I need to have a couple of. Can of, you do a um, side profile as well? Both sides? Working, working girls to my left and right, don't I? You Isn't do, yeah, right? maybe, maybe. There we go. So that we could, we should have, somebody should be taking a photograph of this. It would be very funny, but there you go. Anyway, lovely to see you, mate, as always. Are you well? I'm very well. He was good, wasn't he? He's Blimey. always excellent. He's one of my favourite, favourite, uh, you know, opposition views. He's a, he's a good very lad. Funny, very funny man as well. He is. He, we've not managed to do this yet, but he, he's somebody that I would be very happy to have a pint with either up there or, or down at the bridge. You know, he's, he's, he, he's, yeah. a, fo- he's a football man, as football yeah. people like to say. Uh, anyway, other than the excellent JK, of course, we've got the return. I always feel like a drum roll here. The return of the smut buddies, Tony Glover and Alex Churchill. Hello. Bonsoir. I can't, I can't <laughs> tell you how lovely it is to see you two reunited. I almost feel like doing that awful song from the 70s or 80s. Reunited. I can't remember. Peaches and Herb. Peaches and Herb. It feels so, so good. good. I know. Reunited. <laughs> It's giving me a bonus just oh, thinking about good. it. Anyway. Something um, about peaches and herb, like I said. Do you know absolutely. what I mean? I've, I've, you I, are you sure it's not peaches and herb? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Only <laughs> in the West Country would it be Found herb. Be. <laughs> I'm thinking more, a bit further west than that, Tone, to be honest. But peaches, yeah. peaches and herb, surely. Peaches and herb. Peaches, peaches and herb. Ar- Okay, uh, I do have, I do the, probably the best R in the world, actually, because I grew up around here and that's what they go all the time. Arr. Anyway, enough of me being silly. Uh, it's time for somebody to be very serious and sensible. It's time for JK's press presser summary. He watches the press conferences so we don't have to. Oh, cheers. What a lovely strap line. Just getting a cup of tea handed to me oh, from the depths of the uh, urinal here. He does, it, does look <laughs> like he's in a urinal, doesn't he? There we go. Thank you. Somebody take a photograph of this because it's actually it's too hey, funny. Uh, it's too funny. JK, pose like it's a mugshot. Other side. <laughs> this is great radio. And face on. Hang <laughs> <laughs> on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't move. <laughs> Outstanding. I'm going to tweet that right now. Yeah. Well Thank done. You. Right, there you go. JK's presser. Now. Potch had a hat on. I wonder if having a bad hair day. But uh, it wasn't a Chelsea hat. It was a Nike hat, I suppose is fair enough. It was a black hat. She just likes that. Perhaps he was in a black mood. But at the press, they were obsessed, the journalists, with Cole Palmer's return uh, to City. And um, uh, we sort of got the answer the first time. But Potch was actually interested in it because he wanted to talk about Cole Palmer the second time. And he, he was very, very complimentary. He said he, was, um, he had a certain Argentinian or Brazilian feel about him. He thought he was very talented, but a bit naughty. He's got that kind of approach, he said. Um, and he said he doesn't, he, and, uh, he doesn't think it would matter 
um, it wouldn't get to him at all playing at uh, the Etihad. He would just be either good or bad, which I suppose you know makes sense. But you can tell that he thinks he's a bit of a good player. But I, I just get really annoyed by the journalists at these things because they they don't they don't look for obvious questions. I'd have liked to have asked. Um, I mean, why did we only turn it on in the second half? Why did we? Why against Palace did we uh, not have any shots at goal in the first half? Which apparently was a a Premier League record and was absolutely ridiculous when you think about it. I mean, the thing about the Palace game, for goodness' sake, um, I looked at some. Somebody did a heat map on uh, on Twitter, and we we didn't have a single player in the pen, penalty area in the first half. You just think. Excuse me, this must be down to the manager. I'm sorry. I, I'm you know, I'm using this as an opportunity to have a go at Poch, but I'm having a go at Poch. I, I, I don't get what he does on occasions. And um, I expect the journalists to come up with something, but no, they cosy up to him. Um, uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going yeah. on. They do. There was a very... <laughs> there's lots of that goes on for non-jokes. You know, yeah. you're watching it thinking, that's not funny. Why are they all laughing? They're laughing because he's gone, oh, 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 oh. Therefore, it's their cue to laugh. It's like a club, isn't it, here? But I get to get my notes in order. I've made masses of notes, and here I haven't used them to talk to you. Um, but excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Hang on. No, I'm not going to sneeze. No, I'm not Bless you. I've just sneezed. Anyway, um, here we go. It's getting on to page one. Look at this. I made eight pages of notes. Here we are. Um, uh, um. Silver not available, obviously. So it needs assessment day by day. Now, I didn't know whether that meant assessment um, for an injury or assessment as to whether he's good enough. I volunteer. It's a groin injury, right? I'll assess it every day. Oh, <laughs> I think, me, 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 uh, me, I think me. Belle may object somewhat to that. But um, you see, she apologised for uh, for her remarks the other day about things had to change. You see, his, um, his wife, do you see that? Um, she was made to. I think it gives him an opportunity not to play him, really. Now, the other thing was, um, bizarrely, the interviewer said, the interview, the journalist said, um, Sanchez available. Um, uh, uh, ask, was Sanchez available? He is available. And Chukwemeka is re-injured, which, you know, hey, what's that? Unbelievable, about? isn't it? What is Un-fucking that? Unfucking believable. Yeah. yeah. A good Ankle injury in it or something? Yeah. Anyway, he asked about anybody else and Poch didn't seem to know. He didn't seem to know if anybody else was injured. He said, um, uh, uh, "He said it was great for great for the team that Robert Sanchez was back." <laughs> However, this this bloke asked straight back with is this bloke asked, "I presume he will come straight back into the team," said this journalist. Well, what a ridiculous thing to say because who who hey, said that? Who said this that? This bloke from the very beginning. I don't know what his name was. The very first interviewer. And Poch then said, anything can happen in football, which meant no, effectively. <laughs> Good. No, <laughs> but, but, no, but what a stupid thing to say. Stupid. I presume it, I'm that, straight back. When you hear questions like that, it reminds me of this, the scene in, um, uh, I think, is it um, Notting Hill, where uh, oh, yeah. Hugh Grant has to pretend he's from Horse and Hound. And he's not <laughs> <laughs> come up questions. You've got someone from Horse and Hound going, uh, well, does that mean is he going to play football in this game tomorrow or something like that? It's just ridiculous, isn't it? Yes, you thought, but I mean, it was just absolutely bizarre. But A, he doesn't do that with any. Has this bloke ever been watching Chelsea this season? He doesn't do that with any player who's been injured. He doesn't put them straight back in ever. He doesn't put them straight back They're in. They're pathetic, also. aren't they? 
Oh, it was absolutely pathetic. Also, Petrovic has been playing quite well. I think you may yeah. notice. So yeah. anyway, he put and he he sort of just <clears throat> boshed it with I mean, anything happened in football. And then once again, um, Cole Etty had return. Um, will he have something to prove? And I thought, oh, that's a stupid question. For goodness' sake, all right, doesn't need to prove nothing. Says Potch using a double negative. Um, uh, grateful for Manchester City because um, he left to left to as being coaching him obviously, but he left to play and he's playing a lot of games here. Um, uh, he's trying to play perform for him. Uh, he's trying to play perform for him and his team. He said, "Which is you get Potch just after a bit waffles. You just think, oh God." Um, uh, did did Guardiola uh, uh, regret selling him? Uh, and he said, well, it's a question for him, isn't it, for Guardiola? Players want to leave. You can't provide the game time, says Pot. Um, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's fair to say they're going to regret it if they're playing well, but not easy to find the space to play for one of the best teams in the world for a young guy, he says, st stating the, the bleeding obvious. And this bloke then says, do you like Pot? which is a stirring up, pop, sorry, pep, 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 stirring up rivalry question. And, and, uh, and Potch is a bit indignant, says, yes, of course, um, as a coach. And this bloke says, oh, but as a man, pause for huge laughter. Amongst <laughs> them. <laughs> oh, what a great gag, as a man. <laughs> I'm thinking, why is that funny? For goodness sake, whatever, anyway. Um, um, your question is confusing me. <laughs> Even more of that, for goodness sake. Um as we were Prime Minister's they didn't like... shake hands in November, yeah. this bloke could notice. And they didn't. But he, he was and he said, I apologize in my press conference after the game. It won't happen again. I was so upset with the referee, and he said, I go like an arrow, said Potch to the referee. Meanwhile, no mention of Palace. Um so or, or Man City, no doubt. Or, or, yeah, yeah. Fucking um, jokers, aren't they? Uh, 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 let's get. I'll get through some of this. Uh, um, oh, he asked him, "Do you like everybody?" Uh, this same journalist said. You know, oh, what oh, kind of a question is that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you a, like that everybody? Is almost as bad as what's your favourite colour? Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's yeah. up there with. Yeah, yeah. I refer the honourable yeah. gentleman to the answer I gave five minutes ago. PMQs. It sounds like. Uh, yeah. What's your favourite ice cream <laughs> yeah. flavour? Potch. <laughs> Anyway, he, he says no, and then Grin says, Botch, I'm a nice guy, but not too nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, um, and then he goes on about how, how unbelievable um, Pep is. Um, so then he was asked a question about Mudrick. How's he developing by getting less minutes? And you could see Pop. Pep pop, um, pop pep. pep. You can see, <laughs> Potch. Potch doesn't actually care. You know when you see those questions and you think, I don't. He's thinking, I don't want to talk about fucking Mudrick. You can see that in his face. Well, I would hope why, he wouldn't want to. Why talk are about we talking Mudrick? about Mudrick of all players to bring up here? Why are we talking about Mudrick? And he says some really damning things about Mudrick, given the opportunity. Did he? he said, Did he? Yeah. He says it's it's. Um, what because he's asked why is he is he how's he developing by getting less minutes and he says it's part of the development he needs to feel sometimes the pain needs to grow and mature and see which areas need to improve it's up to them i.e. him to reach the level 
which they think they have. And of course, it's a massive challenge for the coaching staff, mm. i.e. he is so shit that he has no hope. That's, <laughs> That's like him saying, I need to get him out of the side long enough to forget how much he does my fucking head yes. in yes. before he's allowed to play again. Absolutely correct. That's exactly what he was saying. It was my so God. Seriously? utterly transparent. Yeah. But that was so damning when asked about why the fuck did this bloke ask about Mudrick? Because because he wasn't playing, obviously. But anyway, yeah. um, that's the bit about as good as he thinks he is. Ouch! Uh, there, there are rumors, yeah. aren't there? I know there. Uh, I know there yeah. are any rumors, and we don't do this. Is we don't do rumors on this show, apart <laughs> from when we do. Uh, but there are rumors, aren't there, that they're going to try and off him in the summer. Mm. Well, after the stats, I'm not. Well, as in, like, literally. Well, no, not not off him. Not not off him. I was just like, that's what it's come to Uh, with this financial stuff now that we just need to bump him off. They they won't get any money for dead players, Alex. To be fair, they're going (laughs) to push him off the off the. Let him go then. Let him go. Sell him. I had a Pulp Fiction moment then when he says in the lift, "I was supposed to take Marcellus Wallace's wife out the other night," and the other bloke, that Jules goes, Sam Samuel Jackson goes. What, take her out? <laughs> no, no, take her out. <laughs> well, I don't like, you know, yeah. Exactly that. Anyway. Now, he then asked a decent question by the very same bloke who's asked about Mudrick, which is a bit confusing. Um, Enzo and Caicedo, um, best scene of them when Enzo drops deeper. Um, uh, is that their best position? Well, that's, that's a good question. Yes, absolutely excellent question. I would have asked we, that question. We Exactly, because we seem to have been observing that. And he goes, with a kind of shrug. He doesn't get a laugh. What do you know about football? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, And he goes, I don't believe he's deeper. He has capacity to build, he says. I don't know what the fuck that means. Using his quality. I don't know what the fuck that means either. Um, Capacity to move, to run, improving a lot. That is why we can see him moving from the back and uh, and, um, scoring goals like Palace. Capacity to be the... uh, to be that, and I've then got, I've got to turn over my page, page five. Here we go. I mean, basically, what he's saying is, is that he doesn't agree with him at all. Whereas, whereas I actually think, I think that Poch, this is another area to point my finger at Poch and say, I think he's getting it wrong. I think we've established already that when they play next to each other, when when Enzo plays further back next to, next to uh, Moises, Moises, then... Uh, then uh, they actually they, they they tend to form a better partnership, and they look more like a midfield. And you've got Connor pressing. Now the other interesting thing did is did you see that, that four four two video that uh, Steve Martin tagged us into? Did yes. Did you watch it? Yes. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, fantastic. But it, what he all he did was confirm that thing I've been talking about was that all that that poor old um, that uh, Connor does, who ran Connor 13, can't create, and Enzo so can't tackle. Yeah, yeah, but, but also if you the merged other... them, you'd have the perfect yeah, midfielder. No, the other thing was that he he ran thirteen kilometers, but he he's the only Chelsea player who presses. Yeah. He runs so the others don't have to. Well, but the he was massively is... surprised himself, though. They said that went yeah. that far in it. Yeah, he was, yes, yes, he he didn't come across as the 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 brightest spoon in the box, if you know my what my. I did my, like my... his uh, sarcasm <laughs> when they gave him that shit. Man of the Match award, which no longer allowed to be alcohol, where it went well, it was worth it for this. Yes, yes, <laughs> I didn't did. see that. That was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. But I, I yeah, that that four four two thing said 
Why is he the only person pressing? Well, quite. We've, how, I mean, how many times we, have we've we been said talking that? about this? We've been talking know. about this since the, since we've been talking about this since the beginning of the season. Exactly. And the preseason, they all they did was press and played excellently, and now nobody presses. And it doesn't work if only one person presses. Yeah, yeah. So the madness. So once again, we have to point the finger at Poch here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, well, maybe you should also level it at the players too for not bloody doing what they're told. Well, I don't. Are they, are they, I don't think they're told to press. I don't think. Well, I would were, imagine they are, mate. Well, if they get not doing it, he must be telling them to where to go. We're well, not seeing any pressing at all, are we? Well, this is the thing. This is the conundrum that he has. I mean, if 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 I if I'm a manager, uh, let let me let's just assume for one minute that I am Ron manager, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Um, if if I've got a team of players and I say, right, you've all got a fucking press, okay, because that's how we're going to win this game, and then half of them don't, what I would do is say, right, none of you lot are fucking playing until you listen to what I'm fucking telling you to do. And then you realise that half of your squad are injured or just diabolical. So you think, oh, fuck, I can't really do that because I've got to play these bunch of Herberts the next week. I think that's where he is. Well, I, I think you're, you're... I'm not getting any evidence of that in the press conference, so... Yeah, well, I don't. But I think the point, the entire point of what is becoming a quasi-comedic uh, skit, which is called J.K.'s presser summary, is entirely the point that the the fucking press conferences are a load of old ass gravy. Yeah, and he never reveals dollar. anything. But he, I'm allowed yeah. to say over the top of this that I think that uh, it's it's having watched that four four two video and the poor bloke losing his shit completely about not understanding why they weren't playing players in their proper positions and there was no pressing. I agree completely. And I think I think it falls on Poch. Anyway. Uh, well, I, apart from one thing, just to construct that video specifically, that what I took away from that was that, you know, Enzo is not the ideal uh, further advanced midfielder. I'm not going to call him a 10. No, he wants him to be box to box, he says here yeah, in the but, but, press conference. But they both have skills that are perfect for the team. And they both have deficiencies which are not ideal for the team. You know, Connor is brilliant at pressing and, and instigating that and, and putting the opposition under pressure. But he's he's not going to, you know, open up defences like a traditional number 10 would. Enzo's arguably one of the most technically gifted players in the side, but he's not physical. He can't tackle. He won't run around. But he thinks he's getting better at that. He said that. Poch says that. Yeah, he said because he's he's has the capacity to play box to box. He said, and he's getting and fitter. He proved and... it on uh, Tuesday. When was it? Monday against Palace with the with the final goal, didn't he? Indeed, that that he used that as an example as well. Um, he was asked briefly about um, uh, Casadei, and he said injuries. Moises. No, that's Casado. Oh, Cassidy, Cassidy, yeah, Cassidy, Cassidy. So I call him Cassidy from now on. Just call um, him David. In injuries, yeah, yeah. How can I be sure? Uh, injuries we need him um um not forced he has he has he's happy to come back to help he, we took the decision together to leave leicester even though he's playing wonderfully at leicester he thinks he'll get in yeah but there's Talk no lavia or chukwamega or ugachukwe so indeed indeed lavia who has the mystery injury and has disappeared apparently maybe his name is really not what i said which is labia but actually it's lava Maybe he's not actually, you know, come out of his cocoon into a full-bodied <laughs> human being yet. Oh, I've literally be. forgotten he existed. Exactly that. Um, talk to Paul. What um, lessons from the home game on your day can you comp compare? Can you compete with one of the greatest teams in the world, says the bloke from Talk Sport. 
and he didn't answer. He just said, very good team. You need to um, face them. Uh, mustn't wait. It's a team that can dominate. And uh, um, we need to. Def you, you have to force them to defend. Need to attack. Make effort together. Be brave. No. So they're going to be attacking all game tomorrow, apparently, according to Get Bosch. Hub 6-1 or something. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not seeing that happen, personally. Really? Um, yeah, well, attacking all the way through. Well, they did against them at the bridge. Yeah, but anyway, it's just I just think they'll be they'll, unless they score it, they'll be uh, they'll be under pressure. Anyway, um, uh, the bloke then asked um, uh, Palmer, "Are you surprised he's hit the ground running so quickly at Chelsea?" And I thought, "Ah, oh, for fuck's sake, another fucking Palmer question, Jesus!" But he was really interested in replying to it. And as I said, when all about Argentinians and uh, he adapt very quickly, that's the key. Um, and then the BBC guy asked, will you have to speak to Cole about the um, uh, about uh, 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 playing him at the Etihad uh, again, the experience of playing at the Etihad? I don't know. He's uh, it, it went, I know, Jesus. I've they talk questions. rubbish, oh, don't they? they do talk Are you politics. done with it? Because I'm, I'm, no, I'm almost, getting infuriated almost, by the idiocy of the journalists there. here. Um, is this game more important because of the match after ah, it? Ah, that's a good question. Ah, yes, he's asked. He's asked. Um, uh, he says, if we're a normal team, I agree with you. But we are a team that have up and down, says Poch. Ooh. Uh, and we're still willing to find our, waiting to find our maturity and consistency. I think we try to win and then see what happens in the next one. It's not going to affect the Liverpool game, whatever the result. Mm. Well, I think if they get beaten 6-1, it'll definitely affect the result next week because mm. they'll be... But having said that, though, we got taken to the cleaners by Wolves. We got taken to the cleaners by... I, yeah. I think he's wrong. And, and, and then we come back in again. Yeah. But it's good, good to see that he agrees with that. Um, Do you think he's exasperated with this team? Yeah, I get that impression, yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking but, this for a while. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be it's fair, it's... so am I. Yeah. But then it's not my... I don't get paid millions of pounds to fix it, so... Quit your whining. But I, I, no, but I kind of... No, that's a good point, Alex. But, I mean, I, I, I wonder if he's exasperated by the team. He's exasperated by the owners who don't really seem to be inclined, as far as we're aware, are giving him much say in anything. I mean, you know, I wonder if he is. But anyway, we'll he's, uh, He actually mentions Villa. He said, we performed fantastic in the second-best stadium against... Um, uh, a, a team in top form in the top four should say mm. that's why it's difficult to see what is going to happen yeah because he's now yeah. he's now admitting he doesn't know what chelsea are going to turn up he doesn't know what to do so he's clearly setting them up to play a certain way and you have a situation for example like madueke playing in the palace game as if somehow he's forgotten how to play football completely you know as if he's suddenly on a different planet yeah, no, um, it is uh, asked about jackson being booked again and he shows says he shows he cares about the team, the club. He expresses his happiness. Didn't think he was going to get booked. Um, he says he is part of the exciting history we are living. Yeah, <laughs> Jk, I'm going to shoot myself if I hear anything from more from this presser. So uh, he, he wanted to appeal to the fans. Bang. Yeah, but anyway. But no, it's actually a very interesting point. Very interesting point. We won the game because of the help of the fans. Oh. He spoke about this at Wolverhampton, sending us the energy. Oh. Jackson was saying, I am part of this football club. Yeah. He spoke about this. The fans 
lifted us. Yeah. See, what did I say on Tuesday? Yes. Exactly that. There you go. Yes. Well, well done, JK. I, I, I feel terrible for making you watch the presses and, and having to talk about it. No, no, I don't I don't mind because it's so horrendous. It's so dreadful. It is, and isn't you just it? think surely somebody can come on. That one question about Enzo was the best question. Mm. No, no, that um, was a good question. And, but it was good for him to come up with the end about the fans. It was very No, at the I end. know. You, let, you, you saved the best till last, mate. Anyway, uh, I'm going to cheer you up now because you know what it's time for now, don't you? Is it time for, for the selection it of the side? It, it is. It, it is. is. Oh, it is. I love this bit. Right. <laughs> um, now, I'm not going for my 4-2-2-2, which is what you and I were talking about on Twitter, which would be my idea to get the best out of Enzo and uh, Gallagher. And Tuchel did do that, by the way. I'm going, going, I'm sticking with really what, what's worked in parts recently, which is 4-2-3-1, and it is. We know Silver won't start. Um, if, if, if Sanchez goes back in... I will I will commit mass murder. I I mean I don't think he will because it's not Poch's way but It's not what Poch does. No, it's not what he does, but he doesn't deserve to start. Petrovic has been excellent for us and if he drops Petrovic for that twat Sanchez, I shall have the fucking raving hump. Or in fact actually my my catchphrase now if, when the club do anything that I don't like, if they do this, we riot. That is going to be my catchphrase for the foreseeable. They they pick Sanchez, we riot. They sell Gallagher, we riot. Uh, anyway, my team, Chilwell, Colwell, Petrovic, Dizazi, Gusto, Fernandes and Moises as the two, Jackson, Gallagher, Palmer, Unkunku as the uh, main man up front, providing, of course, that A, Unkunku is fit enough to start because we know that he's being careful and managing his minutes, and B, he may well start Sterling, who who does does have a habit of bothering to turn up when it's City. He played pretty well against them in the four four. I I'd rather he didn't start personally. I'd rather we bloody sold him in the summer, to be frank. But anyway, mm-hmm. I, I like Jackson on the left. I think he, he he's much better there. Uh, Palmer, I don't want to see him as the false number nine, even though he's he's mildly effective there and he can get lost outright. But I I do think you know there are four players. I mean the the back the back four five really does pick itself, although we've got the silver conundrum at the moment. But I think you know in in Fernandez, Caicedo, Gallagher, and Palmer, you've got four players you've got to start. So then you have to figure out how it works if you're going to do that, which leaves really just two positions. And I mean Madueke, <clears throat> you know Palmer or Madueke, it's a no-brainer. Um, Mudrick should be nowhere near the first team. So I think in my my world, this team really does pick itself, J.K. Um, if he's still um, Molly Coddling and Kunku, uh, who plays? Well, if he's Molly Coddling and Kunku, uh, then uh, then Sterling plays, doesn't he? Jackson becomes the centre forward. Well, he? he's got a decision to make whether it's Jackson, Palmer, or whatever. I mean, yes. he can play. He can play Sterling on the right. Palmer as where you know as the false number nine, uh, but he could play Jackson as the false number nine and Sterling on the left. You know, but I, I think if if Nkunku, if he doesn't start with Nkunku, then I think he'll probably start Sterling, not Madueke. He, he should start Nkunku. I think that would. Be, I agree. Yeah, um, I, I think Nkunku has that ability. The uh, he's still not not got his got his sea legs yet but i think he has that ability to uh to slot slot the ball in from uh, very interesting angles um he, he takes the goalkeeper by surprise you had a couple of shots in the palace game that were blocked up but but actually when you thought 
you've, you've got a shot in there from from nowhere. It, we didn't look as if you get a shot in. I, th I think he has great potential in Kunku. Um, otherwise, Chidge, I agree completely. Can't see any other change in that. Uh, Colwell is is okay. He didn't mention. He said he said he was fine. Press conference. Yeah. Um, Jill, uh, and the midfield picks itself. Um, uh, we're nice to see. Cassaday later on if he could possibly come on. Well, we probably will because of no Chukwemega or Chuk yeah. whatever, you know. These, yeah, 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 yeah. Leslie, I, Leslie yeah, and I, whatever. But I think um, I agree with you. If Nkunku doesn't play, it'll be Sterling and you just have to make it work somehow. But, I mean, you know, much as I don't really like Sterling, um, you know, as I said, he does have a habit of... I mean, he, he was he was arguably our best player against City at home. So, yes. you know, there is that. Although he, he's as likely to have a stinker against a decent side as he is to to you know, to not. So who knows? I mean, I, I'd rather I'd rather start with the with, with the guys that have done well in parts recently and and I mean all of that lot have in my humble opinion. What do you reckon? Alex or Tony? Who wants to go first? Tony's being a gent. Tony, you put your hand um, up. Go on, Tony. Go on, Tony. Um, go on, my well, son. I agree with that side. I mean, I'll be quite honest. I don't want to see Sterling in our side ever again. Because um, he did play well against Manchester City. It was probably the last time he had a decent game. Um, he's just been atrocious. Uh, it was spotted the other night. Uh, he came on, didn't he, for the, in the Palace game, I think, for the last 20 minutes, was it or so? Well, he, he made he made the, uh, uh, certainly, I think, possibly Gallagher's second goal. Mm. My, yeah. He didn't do an in, though. Well, so I that see. Was very notable, and I think even on the, on the third goal, he certainly just basically sort of trudged up the pitch. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's had a flea put in his ear, and I don't think he's particularly the sort of player that reacts too kindly to that. Um, and my own theory, which is mine, um, is that him and the club are probably talking about a way out in the summer, and I good because he's not a Chelsea player. Well, three hundred fifty um, grand, three hundred fifty grand a week off the wage bill. Give yeah, half of that to Connor. Yeah, I can't think of a single thing that Sterling could do other than leave that would make me like him um, in any way. He's seconded. Uh, yeah, I just I can't get him as a Chelsea player. I don't think he's. Anything remotely Chelsea. Um, I and just I, see him run like a twat, and I'm not you know, any less offended than I was yeah. when he for everyone else. Absolutely. And I just think Aidan has it right, had it right when he took the piss out of the way he runs and um, whatever. And he's he's absolutely not fit to, to lace Eden Hazard's boots um, or, or anything. So I'll glad to see him out. Unfortunately, I think you're right. If he doesn't play in Kunku tomorrow, then it's going to be Sterling because. I think we've got a limited amount of choices unless he's really brave and moves Palmer over to the left and puts Medwecki uh, on there because I like him. I know I had a bit of a disagreement with Clayton at the stall who said he thought Medwecki was a pub player, which I totally disagree with. Oh, I think, I he's, think he's, I think he believes his own hype too much. So he has, yeah, a, well, he has a good I, game and he thinks he doesn't have to do the basics and then yeah. he doesn't do the basics, looks fucking stupid. Gets a flea in his ear, then plays well the next game. Yeah, so I, th yeah. I like him. I, I, I absolutely he's got talent. Do. There is talent yeah. there. Yeah, um, and I, so I would rather that than Sterling. I mean, you know, if this team goes down in flames with with Medwaki instead of uh, Sterling, if Ninkunku can't start or whatever, um, then fine, fine by me. Mm. Um, but I've seen something with certain players missing, I, and I, I've got no statistical 
insight on this because you know what I think of stats and you know what I think of uh, tactical formations, etc. Um, for me, it's 11 versus 11, but we've played better without Sterling and Silva in the, in the games where they haven't been yeah. part of it. We have looked better, brighter, faster, um, more hungry, um, and certainly, certainly uh, uh, better at pressing and, and tracking back. Um, and all that lumbering, slow shit um, from the back and then, you know, giving it to someone who just basically runs into a blind alley down the left-hand side. Um, when we played Wolves, as disastrous as that game was, we got better when Mudrick and um, I think it was Midwake, he came on. We actually looked like, you know, that last 10 minutes uh, and then the 10 minutes of time looked like we could go do something. They looked like they were fighting. But before that, it was just awful. And I just think, I, I, as great a servant as he's been, I just don't think, and he's not playing tomorrow, so it doesn't matter, but Silva, for me, is just too slow the game's he's having a branner moment he's gone off a cliff and he'll, he'll do the old good bit of defending or whatever but and there's patently if you can't see it there's something wrong with you i think it, it, there's no, patently we, we, no, we, between we, him we, and chilwell we, there's we, something going on we, there we did it to death on 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 tuesday yeah, night because I, I i felt much the same and i know it's sacrilegious to say anything mm. you know I, I, against him but you know if, I, call, I call it as I see it Tony you know. I'd be more than happy with that but I call it as I see it Alex what say you I don't think I can add anything actually intelligent more in agreement to what any of you have said but I'll just say that at this point like I don't really care who plays I've I kind of feel like I've reached a plane of existence where I'm like a primary school teacher with a really stupid class who've got like a school play to do or whatever, and you're sending them out on stage in front of all the parents thinking, just don't fucking embarrass me again. <laughs> that's how I feel when they run out right a now. Beautiful analogy, Alex. God, how we've missed you. you, you it's like yeah. five-year-olds lined up in their little elf costumes about to butcher a song and everyone's going to blame you. And I guarantee this is how Pochettino yeah. feels. Well, that's like, what I say when I... I'm not a moron. I tell them what I, to do. I know. Just don't fucking listen. I, it's like children. herd, yeah. I think he's exasperated. It must be like herding yeah. cats. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, bless him. Brilliant analogy, Alex. God, we've missed you. Um, so here's the question then, folks. Uh, will the real Chelsea stand up? I mean, they've been Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> Excuse me. They've been Jekyll and Hyde. Probably, probably more likely to in a big game like this. But equally, who who knows? Who knows? Who well, knows? This is entirely the the problem. I mean, I mean, I heard this on the radio. It might have been Sam Matterface today, and he's a Chelsea fan. And he said they've been so inconsistent all season. In fact, they they can be inconsistent in a game. I mean, this is exactly what happened against mm. Palace. They were shocking in the first. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Fucking hell. Sorry about that, folks. Um, right, yeah. I mean, they were they were they were shit in the first half and great in the second half. So they can even be. Incons- I reckon they could be an inconsistent minute to minute. But uh, the other question I have, uh, J.K., is: um, Will Chelsea be brave tomorrow? And should they be brave? Well, Poch said they would be brave, but I, I, I'd, if they were brave in the four-four. But, you know, that was at the beginning of the season and they may have evolved since. But they're not putting the ball in the in the net as much, are they, City? Uh, and they shouldn't be making the odd error. And Haaland is um, is all over the place. But um, I don't think it seems to make any difference. I think we could play well and still get beaten easily by them. Mm. Um, 
you know, I, I, once again, it, it, it's it's absolutely, you can't predict anything with this side. If the manager says it as well, he doesn't know which side's going to turn up. It means that he's telling him how to perform and how to do it. Nothing's happening. Mm. So who knows? I mean, if they play as badly as they played in the first half against Palace, they'll be 4-0 down at half time. Because mm. you know, at least um, City have got the ability to turn that round, unlike Palace, who just scored the one when... Uh, um, Moises and uh, Madweke were farting about giving the ball away. I mean, to be fair, it, the, Moises was fouled, but but Madweke then decided to, in a wonderful moment of complete idiocy, <laughs> pass the ball to him lying on the floor, <laughs> and then and then fell over and put his hands up. It's quite. Put his hands, no, I don't think he fell. He just put his hands up. I think that was a major thing about him in the first half. Yeah, yeah. quite. But no, quite I, I've I've no clue, Chidge, with any at this oh, time. No. I know. I mean, Tony, should should the four four give us some hope? I mean, you know, as in, I mean, that's the best performance I've seen us put in against City since we uh, beat them in the Champions League, and we did we did take it to them. And I mean, you know, a lot of us have said many a time we'd much rather see them see our you know see Chelsea have a go, take it to mm. a side like City than than doing what David was talking about doing Everton and just hang on for grim death you know we had a go you know and i and and it, and it worked to a degree i mean i know that we did not win that match but i mean i was there you were there we were all there we all came out with a great big grin on our face i remember mm. it well probably the best game i've seen at Stamford bridge in, in quite yeah. a few years for certain and was it good for my blood pressure was it good for anybody's blood pressure i'm not sure it was but um we stood toe to toe with champions um uh, it's, this is a Rocky Apollo Creed moment that was um, where it, for the, the younger amongst you it's a film uh, Rocky a Balboa versus Apollo Creed film um, you should have watched go yes, away it's on yes. Netflix idiots yes exactly that but stop um, at four you don't want to see five it ruins no, everything that it came that's it four's the limit on that one but it was that it, it reminded me very much of two boxers absolutely slugging it out um, and, and we stood our ground. Now, there's no reason we can't do that tomorrow night. Um, but that was earlier in the season. And I think that was a game I was expecting us to lose. I think the players probably were thinking this is going to be tough. So it, I think there's a, there's a degree of, of uh, strength in adversity. And this side certainly seemed to be prepared to show that from time to time. Um, but I, I just look at City and I think this is... Um, a city side that for the last few seasons have got going after Christmas, mm. right? You know, they, 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 they suddenly become utterly ruthless assassins. Um, there's none of this uh, looking for the extra touch, trying to back heel it into the net sort of shit or whatever, unless they're about six nil up. Um, you know, they will be clinical, ruthless and effective. So I, I, do you know what? If we came away tomorrow with a draw, I think that would be, a, a feather in our cap and our, the players and the team and the fans would probably walk away thinking we did all right there, provided, um, you know, it's it's not... These games often don't survive the hype, do they? Um, they can often be very turgid games. But with these two teams and two managers as well, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I think that Pochettino has been, I think, unfairly um, berated by... By, by a lot of people, because I just think, you know, people are going, there's the Pochettino out brigade. I just think, oh, fuck off. 
Well, where are you going? Where's that going to put you? I tell him he's going to put you. He's going to put you back where we were when we sat apart last year. Yeah. Another exactly. fucking setback. Another. Let's have another year of building. Another coach no, coming no, in. No, another no, manager exactly. coming in. Having to do the same thing with the same players. At least under this guy, he's he's got that pedigree in, in young players. And it might not be working now, but when it does work, like it did against Villa and the second half against Crystal Palace, it's a fucking joy to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I think I'm, I'm at least half convinced that this is on the players more than it's mm. on him, which I can't always have said that about every every coach we fired in the last decade. Yeah. I don't think they've down tools, Alex. They don't look to me like they've down tools. They look like they might be confused. Yeah, uh, and inexperienced, and the inexperience certainly shows when they run onto the pitch to celebrate a goal and well, get a yellow it, card. It's very much yeah. like having a team of kittens. If you've ever had about yes, six kittens, they yes. mean they mean well, but they're a bit stupid yeah. and they they're impossible and then I to think, control. And I think if you put in a couple of insidious elements, like perhaps Mudrick and his fucking ego, which was mm. hinted at in the presser, which J.K. watched because he's an angel and a saint, um, then. And that doesn't help either. I'm sorry. I will, I will, there's nothing that could make me fucking watch that. He's just sat through all our warborn nonsense and all of that and watched the presser. He literally, he should have a halo right now Aww. in his little... <laughs> well, if he did, you wouldn't see it because he's standing or sitting in front of a white wall. Yeah. I've um, already tweeted that out. I've, I know, sorry. and I've already retweeted it. <laughs> so there you go. Um. I mean, Cole Palmer, you know, it'll be a big match for him. I suspect he'll probably be well up for it. I, I, there's a lovely... I, I put this, JK, uh, you, you should get this. The Rovers return. Clever. Is that it? He's moving and returning, and it's... Um, but isn't that in Manchester? But isn't that in Manchester, though? I, well, they're fucking playing in Manchester. Oh, yeah, forgot. Or Didsbury. Uh, anyway, we, I mean, I'm not going to talk any more about Cole Palmer. We all know we love him. He's brilliant. Now, this is what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to bore you with a few stats because, you know, I like to do that. Um, City, as Tony rightly said, are now banging the period where they basically don't lose and they win everything. They've got 11 successive wins across all competitions uh, at the moment. Their longest such run since a 21-game run between December 2020 and March 21. Uh, they haven't lost any of their last 22 home league games. They've won 18, drawn four. Um, they failed. Uh, that season, uh, Chelsea have failed to win any of the last seven head-to-heads against City, emerging victorious since emerging victorious in the 2021 Champions League final, drawn one, lost six. All defeats saw us fail to score. Um, I've got a quick question before I give you. I can, no, I'll give give you another couple of stats. One more. Cole Palmer could become the first former City player to score against them home and away in the same Premier League season. So, here's the thing. We haven't beaten City since we beat them in the Champions League. I, for one, would take us not beating them for the next 10 matches. If you said to me, Chidge, you can beat them in the Champions League final and then not beat them for 10 years, I'd go Champions League final all day. Thank you very much. Are we all in agreement on that? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a no-brainer, really, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't really it's give not, a fuck about that. It's not going to happen. But then I'd, I would say that because I wouldn't actually believe that we'd suddenly become so shit that we wouldn't beat them for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. I'd be yeah. smug about yeah, it. You know, I mean, that that's, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, Champions League final, pff, 
it's a no-brainer, isn't it? So, yeah, absolutely. I, it's it's an interesting stat, but I think I think we can. The technical expression for that is, "Who gives a fuck?" Not yeah. us. Uh, really? Yes, they're all nodding in agreement. Um, all right. Um, how's it going to go, Alex? How's it going to go down? Give me your prediction. Uh. I just don't fucking embarrass me, Chelsea. Like, if we lose, if we put in a showing and turn up and lose one nil, two nil, or whatever, then I'll get over it. But just rolling over and getting annihilated because they haven't listened to anything he's tried to drum into their mm. goals since the beginning of the week—that will annoy me. But. I'll get over it, whatever it is. I still reckon that. You know when we lost 6-3 up there? That was one of the best days out I ever had. It was brilliant. Yeah. So, you know what? But just just at least try, people. Try. Yeah, I'd settle for that. Tony? Uh, I'm going with uh, Alex there. I think we've always said that if we go down fighting, um, we would never have a problem with it. And we've we've had a couple of games like that this season. You know, the West Ham game was, was a great example of where we, we were just stupid, but we didn't give in. Um, so I would forecast 2-0 to City. Um, I don't think it'll be a rout. I hope Pochettino tells our blokes to shoot on fucking sight, which is something I'm trying to drum into my walking football players at the moment, and saying none of these teams we play have got a proper goalkeeper, so just fucking have a shot. Try the keeper out, like, you know... Um, uh, we don't need artistic goals. We just need them to fucking go in, even if they're dodgy deflections. But I would, I would be, I wouldn't be too uh, deflated by a one or two nil defeat. I, I think we our best chance is a draw. Mm. I, I, I can't really see us winning that one tomorrow. You stick a number on it. Um, I'll, I'll be brave and go one one. Mm. Okay, JK, what about you, mate? All these scenarios leaping through my brain cells. Um, We we take it to them from the beginning, uh, score a decent goal. Um, We're then elated and then start playing properly, same way we played at Villa. Um, And uh, we surprise them and come away with a 2-0 victory. Um, but that's not going to happen because that's just me dreaming. So um, um, I even think if we did score two goals, I think they'd score three in the second half. Um, and there's so many difficult, difficult, so many things to take into consideration. I think we'll be lucky if we, if we, um, I think we might score, but I think they'll score three. So three, one. Okay, right. Um, I'm going to preface this with the thing that's basically signing my footballing death warrant, which is I am currently the top fancaster in the Prem Predictions League, the lofty heights of 11. Well, you'll know the answer. You'll know the result then, Chidge. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go all out. I think they're going to turn up tomorrow. I think they're going to give it a reet goal. Uh, but I don't think they're good enough to beat City. I'm going to go 3-3. I think it could be another mental match. Wow. Oh, well, yeah. I wouldn't be disappointed with that either. After the weekend, I will no longer be—I will no longer be the top fancaster in the Prem predictions. League. I'm not sure Stamford Bridge has ever been as loud this season since that fourth goal equaliser yeah. 
against City when the roof, had there been one, would have just been demolished. Newcastle uh, in the Carabao Cup with Madrid's goal. I yeah, think yeah, I... that was pretty loud, wasn't it? I mean, the reality is, you know what? We're a lot better now than we were when we played them then. I mean, we were we were an absolute horlicks of a side when we played mm. them in November, but we yeah. are a better side now. We're scoring goals. Uh, we are leaking them. I mean, Silver won't be playing, which I think really will help us because I think we'll play a much higher line. We'll be closer together, you know, defence, midfield and attack. We know how yeah. that works. We're going to have Gusto and Chilwell playing uh, as, as attacking fullbacks. Yeah. You know? Can I just say I'm, I'm so impressed by Gusto. Yeah, uh, definitely. But I wouldn't player, be worried if Bruce James didn't come back. I just think he's fabulous. He's just, he's a... He's got a Dennis Weiss streak of nastiness in him. Um, uh, but as we saw when he got that yellow card, um, was that against Palace or I can't remember who it was against now? But um, honestly, he, he's fast. He's, he's I, I love him. I love him. He's, yeah. he's, no, I'm, he I'm looks about 40. So good on him. I'm a fan. So there we go. I'm going to go for a 3 3 draw because I'm a bit nuts. Right. Okay. It is now time, JK, for. They played for both. Very good. That was almost good enough. I, that's a take. Not a Mickey mm. take, a take. They right. played for both. I like they the first one. They played for both. I like that one. I like the element of surprise. Yeah. I like it. They played for both. Don't like that one. Right. Uh, 30 players. 30 players have represented both Chelsea and Man City during their careers. And I, I can inform you that there are one, two... Three, four, four that you will not have ever heard of. And there's additional Nathan information about those, one of which Alex will be fascinated by. The others you should all know. Off you go. Derek Kevin. Yes, your favourite player. Wayne Bridge. Uh, yep, yeah, well done, Tony. Nicholas Anelka. Well done, JK. Frank Lampard. Well done, Alex Churchill. I mean, apart from the obvious, Nathan Ake. Yeah, Ake, definitely. JK, what did you say? De Bruyne. De Bruyne, yep. Kovacic. Yep. Armour. Yep. Scott Sinclair. Yeah. Uh, Sean Wright Phillips. Yes. It's like the generation game, isn't it? Cuddly <laughs> Toy. Microwave Oven. Gillette. Yep. Much, much. Terry Phelan. Very good. Come on down, Terry Phelan. I remember uh, that because he played for Everton as well, didn't he? And I remember saying Man City and you yep. said no, and, but I knew he'd play for Man City. Didn't. Davies. Hang on, one of you. You first, JK. Gordon Davies. Yes. George Weir. Yes. Where'd you pull oh, that? Wow. Where did you pull that one out of? Because wow. I always remember the story about his cousin and Graham Smith. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always had a bit of. A, I love thought George Weir was a, a a lovely player in his day, but the Graham Smith story just always, always makes me fucking die with laughter. That one. Okay, you've got one. Clive Wilson. Yes, very good. Met Clive Wilson. He's really nice. Sweet. Did um, 
Ah, uh, he was he was an Uber anyway, wasn't he? Oh, what's his name? He got sent off against us playing for them, and he was one of ours. Uh, we targeted him. They scored after thirty seconds. What's his fucking name? Come on. Uh, they scored after about thirty seconds, and we thought, "Oh, here we fucking go!" And then we just targeted because we knew we had a bit of a, a streak in him. Recently, game... no Sturridge. Sturridge, very good, very and good. Course, I remember I that game vividly because we could, I could see we were targeting him to get him to react to get a red card and get sent off. Clive Allen, uh, J.K. Clive Allen, yeah, yeah, yeah Clive Allen. Yeah. Uh. I used to like Manchester City. I said, I mean, they were one of them teams when you were a kid that you just kind of, it's hard to have anything against, really. Right. Is it, is it clue time? Yeah, I think so. Please, please. Okay. Please. Sounds like a French cheese. Uh, uh, well, actually, if, if if I'm being very accurate, he's he's uh, champagne meets French cheese. Champagne meets champagne? Jeez. <laughs> it's um, a fucking good clue. Don't look at me like that. Five, four, three, two, oh, one. What? Is it um, Laurent Blanc, I want to say? Oh, close, close, close. Laurent. Oh, I know you Laurent. Were, I know you were, Laurent. No. Laurent. No. Laurent Charvet. Bastard. This guy sounds as if he should probably have been in open all hours. It's either Arkwright or Granville then. Um, Danny Granville. Very Danny good. Granville. Well done. Well done. I, was, I was, was going to say Herbert Arkwright or something. I was gonna, just on the off chance that someone with the surname Arkwright now, probably had a fucking Christian name of Herbert somewhere along this, the line. This guy, he's a legend, but not for us. But we loved him. And it used to... Uh, it used to kind of create quite a bonding, weirdly, between the two sets of supporters, largely because he died far too young. Oh, uh, David uh, Brocastle. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. This guy's clearly South African. He's a Dutchman or Afrikaans. <laughs> oh, um, the, did he play for Ipswich? He might have done. I think he did, didn't he? Um, and he was um, Colin... Colin uh, Oh, Phil Jones. Bill, Bill John. Bill John. Bill Jones. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, JK yeah. got that. Uh, okay. This guy, I think he, I'm, I'm not sure. He, he, he played for us. He played for another shit side. And I think he, he kicked somebody in training in the head. It might have even been Petr Cech, actually. He kicked somebody mm-hmm. and we fucked him off pretty soon after that. He's got three names. Oh, Ben, Ben Haim. Very good, JK. Fucking oh, hell. Fucking hell, mate. Okay, uh, there are two more that you will know. Uh, one of them has a big willy. Oh, um... Willy. <laughs> well, I need a bit more than willy, JK, seeing as I gave you that. Caballero? <laughs> yes, Tony! Did he ever actually play for us? Uh, yes, yes, of course he did. It was in the... in the. Um, it, well, of course he did. Yeah, he did. He saved penalties yeah, for us. Okay. Yeah. Now, the last one is the opposite of Willie, and he's not been seen around Cobham very recently. Valley? <laughs> Close, sorry, but no sorry, cigar, Alex. Tony. I've got it on my brain, sorry. <laughs> Romeo, oh, Romeo. Oh, Levia. Well done. <laughs> I get you. I got oh, you now. Oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. 
did he play for City? Apparently he did. He must have been a um uh you know um academy or something. Yes. Right. Oh that's what of course he did. Of course he did. He was picked up from there to go to Southampton. Yeah, he was one of their top players now, in the U. I have to say, you have done very, 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 very well. It's one of the easier, easier ones, bizarrely. I don't, I don't know why, but it is, isn't it? Oh, it is. I think because they're they're all they're all recent. Yeah, yeah there's, recent. there's something about yeah. them. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Now you will never have got these, so I'm not even going to give you a clue. But we also have, thanks to Nathan, Frank Higgs, who played for us uh, two times uh, between tw- 1929 and. Uh, well, in, in, he just played in 1929. Two appearances, one Ixy, Ixy, yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Oh. This is the one that Alex will be very enamoured of. George Lake, 1914, one appearance. Now, George was Chelsea's only serving first-team player to die in World War One. Just days, oh, Just days before the armistice, he was a member of the Hampshire Regiment and he's buried at Franay, Communal communal cemetery. Now, Alex, where's where's uh, it's F A S, F R A S N O Y. Is that on our itinerary? Fresnoy. Let me just look at where it is. But I will just say that he'd also served in Palestine as well. Um, so he got about a bit. You you know of this chap? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you when we get off air. Because I he, <laughs> he was. He was very difficult to run down, put it that way. But yeah, he served in Palestine, we think, and okay. then came across at the very end to the Western Front. He's killed very late. Yeah. So the reason I'm having to look this cemetery up, I guarantee it, is because it's not on that kind of static part of the Western Front that we think about all the time because he literally dies in the last few weeks of right. the war, which they've advanced on. Well, he's also in the Hampshires, which obviously, you know, makes me warm to him even more. It'd be nice to see Yeah, him. and it's really weird how he ends up in the Hampshires because he joins a Lancashire division. So okay. All right. it's one of those things of just shoving everybody where you possibly can. Yeah, so he's miles off the the court beaten track. Where, where is Franny? It's it's back out past Valenciennes, so it's because it's the end of the war, and by that point, the war of movement started again, so it's way away from, like, what you would know from the song yeah, yeah. and thing that we visited. All right. Okay, Frank Pearson, uh, who played for us between 1905 and 06, 30 appearances, 18 goals. And Max Woosnam, 1914, three appearances. He was an England international in 1922, and he made one appearance for England. And George Baker, who was a reserve player, uh, 1955 to 56. Now, he was a USA international and uh, he he basically made seven appearances for them between 68 and 69, making two goals. And last but by no means least, one that you will have all heard of and would not have known this at all. He was a reserve player and he played for us in 1954. And his name was Tony Book. No. Yeah. City legend. Bloody I hell, know. I, him for years. I know. He was a reserve for us in 54, so it sounds, Ooh. yeah, maybe a youth product. So there we go. Uh, all, always good fun. Well done. You did very, very well tonight. Thank you to Paul Carter and his wonderful yeah. website. He's all done very all well. all done very well, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Paul Carter, check his website out, stamford-bridge.com. Uh, Paul is on Twitter, at Stamford underscore bridge. Check out the Chelsea Heritage Group, which is chelseaheritagepartnership.com, and they are at CFC underscore heritage and as always massive thanks to Nathan for 
uh, giving me a bit of backfill for some of the players that he knows that we wouldn't have no idea who they are. So anybody who played before about 19, uh, 1999 in my case, but there you go. Um, Nathan, I know, has been in Mixler, all right? He's very much looking forward to the war tour, Alex. I'm. Oh, no, he heard me tell everyone about his snoring. Yeah, then. he did. I won't tell you what well. he said. Love you, bro. Uh, but, I mean, Nathan's a fixture in the cock, isn't he, Tony, when we go in and He's indeed, yes. He's, he's... Uh, shall I rephrase that? <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Nathan, Nathan likes to drink in the same pub that we drink in, which also yeah. happens to be called the cock on a match day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's great fun. So there we go. Yeah, Talking yeah. great fun. It's been great fun tonight. It's been a very varied show, really, starting with the war tour in part one, then David in part two, and then our own preview. But I hope you've all enjoyed it. Um so there we go. Now, we will be back on Monday with me, JK, and Marco Worrell. Chelsea royalty. Half past seven. We will obviously be reporting back on the match against Man City. So there we go. Uh, Alex, delight, delightful to see you. I mean, delightful. really is. Yeah, delightful. it is. We miss you on this show, man. You're, you know, you, witty, witty yeah. acute, precise, fantastic. We need you back Coming on it more often, man. Coma. Well, you are coming out of the book coma. Yeah. It gets handed in in the next few days, well, and then a we need life. a we need you back on here more often. So you need to like reply when I put the schedule out. And secondly, <laughs> secondly, we need to see you at a match, even if we, if you have to sit with us or something, we smuggle you in with us because you know we need to see you. <laughs> I'm do. doing the cup final and Leeds. So. Okay, well come come and come and get drunk with us or something. Yeah, yeah the last time I saw Alex at a match was with Beth, and they were both. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They were both, shall I, slightly socially relaxed, I would say. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> uh, now, talking of which, I'm really looking forward to seeing you and, of course, this Herbert down here uh, at the Nelson Day. Yes. Yeah, the Portsmouth Dockyard Tour. Yeah, March the 2nd. Um, do I, ha- I mean, what time does it kick off? Uh, outside, be outside the dockyard gates at 9.45. Oh, okay. lovely. I've got, can I, can I bung my bag in the hotel beforehand? Yeah, sure. They're the Premier Inn standard. They'll have a cupboard somewhere that they use for that. But yeah, Are you, you you're staying there, yeah. Yeah, we're there the night before as well, well. I'll bung it in your room then. Yeah, I'll try and get there a bit earlier. Yeah, but looking forward to that. I'm very looking forward to meeting the absolutely del- delicious Kate Jameson, obviously. Oh, uh, she's looking forward to it as well. She's like, God is going into doggy daycare, is and he? she gets all the way. So yeah, yeah. We've got a school tour on the Friday. Um, and then we're staying over, and then we've got the Saturday. Great. Well, I'm really looking forward to that. Tone's coming, aren't you, Aren't you, mate? I am indeed, yes. You're not I, staying I, the night, though, are you? You're going back. Um, no, well, I looked, I looked it up, and you know, the seat was, it was about 120 quid. on Mate, so no way. But I live eight miles away. Well, I only live a little bit further away than that. But... Yeah, so I've got you know a, a ready stream of uh, park benches. On if, you get, if I get you really pissed, about. you can always crash in my room, mate. Exactly. That there's that. Plus there's there's plenty of cottaging. Um, uh, no, there's plenty of other places I can go and sleep for the night. <laughs> he, said, he said he said cottaging, J.K. He did. He did. He, he did, did. Didn't he? He did. He definitely said that. Tony, as always, mate. Lovely to see you. Uh, I look Great forward, fun. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you at the next home game, yeah. whenever that is. Um, uh, but there you go. Uh, it's in March, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it is. I can't. I, Burnley, possibly. It's, yeah, this, I, I thought it was Newcastle. Oh, yeah, Newcastle. Been... Yeah, I mean, there isn't a Saturday match for fucking ages. No, no. That's for sure. So there we go. But lovely to see you tonight. No doubt I'll see you before then on here. Uh, and last, but by no means least, the absolute legend that is Jonathan Kidd. Boop, boop. 
Lovely to see you, mate. Full packed show tonight. Blimey. It was all the different things going on tonight. Bloody hell. You're free on Sunday evening. (laughs) What do you want to do? Yeah. My fancy in and off the post. Yes, I think that'd be a good idea. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll get my people to speak to your people. Yeah, if you could, that'd be okay. Yeah, then. all right, lovely stuff. I'm on the table here. Right, you lot uh, who've been listening uh, on Mixler, we love you. Thank you. Uh, for everybody else who's going to be listening to this when I've uploaded it, thank you also for listening. We love you too. Uh, we will see you on Monday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.